Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99. Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. Yeah, let's get down to it, boppers. It's the Ron and Fez show. First show of the new year. Happy 2015, everybody. It was a great one. Chris Stanley, how was your break? Oh, the last, like, two months were awesome. This is insane, Fez. You look so rested. But that mustache just got gigantic over the break. What is it? White on one side and then... I hate to say this word, but colored on the other? Yes, I have a disease of the mustache. Oh, I see. That's right here in the Frequently Asked Questions. Everybody's up and running. We're going to make 2015 the year of the cat. Fucking Al Stewart finally was right. This year is the year of the cat. And it's time passes at the same exact time. Um... 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. I am thinking about throwing my television away because I don't want to hear about the Deflate Gate. Balgazi. I don't give a shit if Belichick and uh, Brady both fuck the football. It means nothing to me. They're ruining the Super Bowl for me. You're not going to check out the press conference today at 4 p.m. with Tom? Yeah, I will. <laughs> but. Because I know he did it. But the point is, <laughs> this whole thing of acting like in football that you're supposed to call yourself for cheating is insane to me. They fucking hold every play. Everyone thinks like the NFL and the game of football is supposed to be this honorable, great when thing. When did that happen? Don't know. The fucking, until it's called, it's not cheating. A fucking lineman will tackle a defensive end who gets around him, and if it's not called, he doesn't go over and tap the ref on the forehead. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> you were looking the other way, but I committed an infraction. Poked him in the eye, too. And... I just... Uh, one thing that you can get from this, apparently sports writers hate football. Of course they do. They, they despise it. They despise the NFL. They despise the players. They despise the whole thing. They hate everything about it. They hate Marshawn Lynch for not talking. They hate Tom Brady and fucking Belichick for not giving good press conferences. They just, It doesn't matter what happens. They fucking hate it. And it's just crazy. It's like witch hunts for the fucking sake of a witch hunt. What? Look, get in a better business. Follow comedy. You'll get some great, great press conferences. Oh, hell yeah. It's like all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, there's a Jim Norton press conference coming up today at 4 o'clock. Uh, should be hysterical. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe that's what we should do. Just fill the leagues with public speakers and comedians. Neil deGrasse Tyson can be the fucking quarterback for the Cardinals I'd and not that. do any worse. But, you know, during the press conference after the game, you know, they lose big. But then he talks about the universe and how it's expanding and, co and contracting and what we think is in black holes. Maybe then you'll be fucking happy. It's a great two and a half hour press conference. 
I don't give a shit if someone deflated a football a little bit. And look, if they're better that way, then deflate all the footballs. If that's what it fucking takes to throw like Brady, go to Philadelphia right now and deflate fucking footballs before that Mexican can't goes out there and fucking ruins another season for me. You know, I heard a rumor that they're trying to attempt to trade up for the... You got it. I'm in. Whatever it is. I don't care what the trade is. Do it. Trade away the future. For that Oregon quarterback. Yeah, we need him. Whoever he is. <laughs> Lobby McLoberson would be perfect with us. I think Chip Kelly could really mold him into what well, he needs. Well, Chip Norman High School or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. It's creepy that like older dudes like like just no one. I mean, that's part of the job. But it's so weird to be hanging out with like teenage kids, like scouting teenagers. It's creepy to me. It's lower than teenagers, dude. Nike starts following guys now that they think are going to be good in like pee wee basketball. They start following. They, they're tracking eight and nine year olds because they want to be on their shit by the time they're fifteen. It used to be get on them when they're fifteen, so when they're eighteen, you know what's happening. And now they're like, well, how are we going to know who's good when they're fifteen? We got to fucking have that, dude. They're going to start doing sonograms to figure out whether there's babies in there bouncing around. That kid's got some great hands. Let's fucking, let's just sign the guy in stomach. They don't like football. They don't. What are you, are you trying to tell me? Andrew Luck would have won the fucking game if the ball was a little deflated. Then do it for him. Andrew Luck had no chance in hell. They could have given him five downs. He could have had five the, downs. He's that game. going to be the highest paid player in the league next year, and they're calling him the you know the quarterback of the future. I don't know, other than Andrew Luck, do you got a quarterback of the future? Luck, Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know about that whole weird thing. As soon as they catch up with that offense. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this is a, a question. I don't know if it's ever come up before. And Fez, you're a historian. This should be right in your fucking wheelhouse. Which franchise is the number one quarterbacks of all time? I mean, has anybody beat the Colts? Because you got Luck now. You had Peyton before him, and then go back a while, and you had Johnny Unitas, who was the quarterback of his time. I'll say the Packers with Bart Starr, Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. See, Bart Starr, he never would have played today. Johnny Unitas would have played today. Um, But yeah, there's four rings there. Pittsburgh had Bradshaw, which I don't know how he would look today either. And, of course, Big Ben. But I don't think they got a third there unless you're going for Jefferson Street. And those are defensive teams winning Super Bowls. Yeah, but Big Ben's a fucking good quarterback. I'd like to have him with me. I really would. He gets a lot of fucking heat there. But uh, he's pretty fucking clutch. He's impossible to fucking sack. So we've got the Packers... And the Colts as having three. But even Luck can't be fucking counted. You're certainly not going to put Luck up against Aaron Rodgers yet. No, hell no. Um, You can't throw the Cowboys in because Romo hasn't won shit. Well, let's see what the Cowboys. You've basically got Troy uh, in the, what was in the 60s and 70s? They had Staubach. Staubach and now Romo. So anybody else that they've ever had? Oh, they had uh, Dandy Don Meredith. Before that, which wasn't a big quarterback, but he gave great uh, press conferences. <laughs> and that counts this fucking day. But that's at least four names. Yeah. 
I think that has to be it. There, there's no, there's no other fucking franchise. The Eagles had Norm Snead, okay, Ron Jaworski. <laughs> um, what about the Redskins? You're going back, Sonny Jurgensen, Thiesman, uh, Thiesman, Doug Williams. That was for a cup of coffee, though. I mean, the Bucks could have the Bucks actually have three <laughs> Hall of Famers, but never won there. Steve Young, right? He, he came from Steve the, Young came from there. Yeah. Well, none of them. Just Steve Young's the only Hall of Famer. But they had three Super Bowl winners. It's weird when you think about it, because everyone acts like, well, who's elite? But if you sit around and think of most teams, it's tough to find more than one elite quarterback in their 50-year history or more. I'll give you this. Have the Chicago Bears ever had oh, God. an elite quarterback? Let's I mean, see. Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl, but he's not in the hall, and no one sits around telling Jim McMahon stories other than, you know, funny fucking things that he's done. And the last time they went to the Super Bowl, the, the quarterback was Rex Grossman. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel good things about Jay Cutler next season. Um, let's, uh, let's look into this deeply. Chris, I don't think we set this up today. There we go. Uh, Garth, how you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, um, I was saying the 49ers, uh, Steve Young, Joe Montana, Y.A. Tittle. It was the end of his career, but that's three Hall of Famers. Well... I wouldn't. I, y.A. Tittle is going to be a Giants fucking, yeah, you know, on, guy. You, you can't, you take, can't that. take that away. Uh, yeah. That John Brody, though, who was pretty solid in the seventies. What about the Raiders? They had uh, Daryl LaMonica, Ken Stabler, Plunkett, and uh, Rich Gannon. Yeah, Rich Gannon took him to a Super Bowl. Plunkett had some good years in there, too. Yeah, Plunkett won two Super Bowls, but I don't think one of them is a uh, a Hall of Famer. Maybe LaMonica, but I know the other ones aren't. I couldn't believe uh, Kenny Stabler wasn't in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm going to have to jump in on my own here. Hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, what about Troy Aikman on Dallas? Well, we were bringing up Dallas. We said Troy Aikman, and he's all famer. Uh, and then we went back through Stahlbach and um, Meredith. Meredith, but you know, you guys aren't count, counting Romo today. I mean, he's a solid guy. Yeah, he's, but he ain't no good though. Yeah, you're right. Okay, thanks, Ron. This guy went to Super Bowl. We're talking. We're talking. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, because I'm gonna fucking put Dan Marino in there. Shit. Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You can't get around that. We're not talking about just who won Super Bowls. We're saying who has had, what franchise has had the real elite quarterbacks. And in my opinion, Dan Marino, even though that they've won Super Bowls without him, has got to be the number one, first team all time for that. Yeah, he gave him the fucking chance every single year. I mean, he yeah. So, I mean, Tony Romo... On that, yes, he's been there fucking it's been really, there 10 years. It's hard to judge anybody that's playing now besides Peyton, um, Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. I think we all agree those three guys 
our first induction. The other guys, you still got to see them. It's weird that like Drew Brees isn't like in that conversation anymore with that team kind of falling apart. I guess after that Super Bowl win, and, it, and it'll the, be tough to. I, I think Drew Brees is going to the Hall of Fame now. I do. Because that was their only one. That was their only Super Bowl, right? The first yeah. Thing. yeah so, Believe yeah. me when I say this as an Eagles fan, that's a lot. To have only one? Precious. What about the Houston Oilers, now Tennessee Titans with Warren? I don't fucking play that. Mm-hmm. I would only go by the Oilers. Everything just resets? Yeah, of course it resets. Because that's really, you change your name. And there's nothing you can do about it. Now, with the Colts, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they kept the Colts' name. But to me, if you change the name, it's like you changed the oh, franchise. Oh, that's a whole new thing. That's a brand new team to me. Uh, but Warren Moon, Dan Pastorini, you know, they were on to something there for a while. Um, let's go over to... Um, Let's go to Zachary and Mass. Zachary. Hey, guys. I know I'm going to hear slack for this one with no Super Bowl rings, but what about San Diego Chargers with John Hadle in the 60s? You got Dan Fouts in the 70s, 80s, Stan Humphreys in the 90s. Not only Philip Rivers today, but don't forget Drew Brees spent his first five years with San Diego. Well, I, I pull him off the San Diego thing because, you know, that wasn't his place, but there's some really great fucking quarterbacks. Uh uh, just decades of losing um, in the playoffs, but you know, just racking up crazy yards. I mean, that was a team that believed in like crazy passing when everybody was handing the ball off. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, yeah, that's a good call. Some long runs. I didn't realize Breeze was there for four years or five. Well, you don't follow the sport. <laughs> You're mostly drunk. Hey, today we got to give Blowhard a call. It's his birthday, and okay. he's still in the hospital. I right. I called him before Thanksgiving, and he was in the hospital. He was laid up for a long time. Yeah, he's got what they call a flathead foot. Oh, no. Well, he had flathead foot years ago. That thing is never properly healed. I'm feeling good, though. You're basing it on nothing. Faith. Have you called him? No. Then you don't. Your your faith means nothing. I thought that you were an atheist, agnostic. So you have faith in your agnostic God. You have faith in the God that you're not even sure if the uh, if he is alive. Exactly, but there's a chance that there's some supreme being. You could be the next Rain Wilson. Oh no! Why do you say oh no? Why is that a bad thing? Uh, Will in Jersey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Welcome back, cousins. Uh, I was up there for the unmasked yesterday with Rain. I brought my brother up there, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'm very excited to see Backstrom tonight at 9 p.m. on ABC. Is that what it's on ABC? It's on Fox. On Fox. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a long shot show. Um, <laughs> I really do, because he plays a really unlikable person. But isn't yeah. that what Rain always plays? Yeah. Yeah, he's always kind of like a weird off. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, odd. Uh when there was uh before the unmasked yesterday, there was this mad thing about getting him a protein bar. When you know other people care whether you have a protein bar or not, people are getting paid for nothing. So everyone's dashing around. There's no protein bar, he's gonna have one after. I'm like, why do these motherfuckers, West Coast guys, always worry about their shakes and their protein bars and all this shit? 
We went about 45 minutes or so into that. And I just saw him. Like, and then he just goes, look, I'm rambling. And I'm like, he... It was almost like that Snickers commercial where you yeah. turn into someone else. I go, I don't know how long I keep this propped up. Um, here's uh, Harold. Harold, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hello. How are you? Uh, what's and, up? Uh, listen. Okay. Look, I'm from Baltimore. I listen to you all every day. I seem to be traveling. And I listen to you every day. You're brilliant. I just want to tell you that, first of all. But I'm calling to say the NFL, they're losing all their in, thought to be integrity from before. And what they really need to do now is make a bold move, which would be to get the Patriots out of the Super Bowl altogether and have the Colts, and the Ravens, of course, I'm going to say my Ravens, at this point have another playoff game on Monday to go to the Super Bowl. You know what? I think that you're under something to show their integrity, right? They ought yeah. to fucking pull the franchise out of Baltimore for covering up a man beating up his wife in an elevator. Stop well, being, Stop shitting on the game because of your own team. It's so fucking crazy. This thing is, and I'm not a Patriots fan or a Belichick fan. I just rather focus on the Super Bowl. It's fucking derailed, man. It is. It's, there was a report the other day that the fucking the uh, the performance enhancing drugs are all over that fucking league. Yeah. The only thing they're really testing for is marijuana. And Adderall. This whole thing is supposed to stay together. Yeah, it stays together. Yeah. And I just have this big thing. <laughs> yeah, you put you push down and then, yeah, you inhale or whatever. You don't think this is incredibly awkward? How big it is? Well, that that just came in, so this is this is the tryout period. But I thought it was a little big. How's it pull though? Oh, it's fine, but too big. It's it's odd shaped. I mean, uh, it looks like it's from a science fiction movie. Yeah, I'm smoking a carburetor here. <laughs> and uh, by the way. In the future Science Fest, there's going to be carburetors. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Your fucking hair looks just wind-tossed today. Thank you. Is that good? You know what I'm saying? That guy doesn't care about the integrity of the game. He wants the fucking Ravens to go and beat up the Colts and then go and play the Super Bowl and win. If they do anything to fuck with the Super Bowl... They put an asterisk next to the fucking Seattle if they win. They can't pull the quarterback of New England. They can't pull the fucking coach. If you want to fuck with them next year and find them money and yeah, take that's... their draft picks, go ahead and do that shit. But leave the Super Bowl alone so that the Seahawks can go in there and legitimately repeat. They have the NFL has to know they can't fuck with. Like at first they said, "Oh well, the, the Brady and and uh, Belichick are going to get suspended." I was like, no, "That's not going to happen, obviously." But now that's like, I guess it's picking up steam. You know what this reminds me of? What's that Anthony, where it becomes the story about the story and nothing else. Yeah. And the reporters are just crazy and fixed in, and who's going to break the next thing and blah blah blah, and then they wait until they fucking lash their teeth into somebody and bite hard and then it's over and they forget it even happened and they're going you know what Belichick and Brady have really done a lot for the game you know what I mean after they fucking ruined them it's basically the same exact frenzy that that fucked with Ant 
Has NFL eaten more shit than it has in this season with fucking... I can't remember as many years as they... The, the, uh, any other year. What did it That was another? this bad. It went from concussions to wife beating. To the to kid. The kid beating. To um, this fucking stupid... This is the dumbest thing all year to bring up. <laughs> it's, it comes at the very end. It's ridiculous. I, like I, in one in one sense, yeah, I think the NFL will just fucking find them and whatever bullshit, right? Leave the game alone. But in another sense, it's like, are they gonna? Are they freaked out? This? Find them a million dollars, then no one gives a fuck. You feel like they're all, uh, and good. It's done. Well, you want to take their fifth draft pick? Go ahead. Belichick doesn't even need fucking draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> he picked. Yeah, they're fucking starting running back. He picked up off the fucking street. Fucking Legarrette Blunt off the Steelers when they dropped him. Yeah, I never even understood why they dropped him. Because, um, A, he got caught smoking weed with Le'Veon Bell in the offseason, and then he uh, walked off the field uh, as the game was out of hand. Well, I would do that, too. <laughs> I like to walk him. <laughs> he was already dressed. How many times have Fez been busted for walking out of the studio? <laughs> um, Carrie, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Cousins, how you doing? We say, cuz. Good. Uh, hey, you know, I don't care either way about either team. Uh, only thing I think is going to happen, first off, so what if they take a draft pick away from uh, the Patriots? That's the 31st pick. I don't think they're crying about that. Secondly, I think all this is doing is just motivating Belichick and, and Brady. Uh, Those guys do don't I need to be motivated. They're, they're all professionals. Seattle doesn't need to be motivated. New England doesn't need to be motivated. We have the two best teams in the league. It's a fucking push right now in Vegas. Guys that sit around and do nothing but try to figure out who has an advantage. At most, there's a one-point swing on this game. Yeah. Uh, which will mean nothing for fucking gamblers. You know, that's still a push. This is a game that you want to see happen. You got the young quarterback who last fucking season, he and his defense knocked off a Hall of Famer. Is he going to do it again? That's the fucking story. That's the exciting story. There's a bunch of like like legitimate stories going on in this game between these two teams, and it's but great. But here's the legitimate story. The two best teams in football are playing each other. You don't need to know if someone's mom has cancer or if somebody fucking was dyslexic when they were a little kid. And that, Who gives a shit? Play the game. Every Enjoy Seattle, the game. Every Seattle, the Seattle as a team has come out and said, who cares? Like, we don't give a shit. We play the balls. Who gives a fuck? We'll just, we just want to fucking beat the Patriots. That's all they care now, about. He, he found out that uh, Fez's quarterback, the year that the, the Bucks won it all, he said he spent like $7,500 to scuff. I don't even know who you would give it to. To scuff <laughs> the footballs. You know what I say? Oh, let's put an asterisk next to them. No. I don't give a shit. Play the game. Online sportsbooks are taking odds on if Belichick gets suspended. It's five to one right now. Uh, Greg, you're on the Run of Fez show. What do you say, boys? Sound better than ever. Um, I just think this is all to do about nothing, and it's all exaggerated because of the slow news cycle. There's really nothing going on out there. The Super Bowl was going on. Chris just sat around and said, for weeks you can see slow motion of touchdowns and tackles. That's what I want to see. I want to 
see slow motion. I want to find out that. I don't want to sit around and talk about this shit. Russell Wilson is not going to have two bad games in a row. Fucking you. Then you've got Brady against that Seattle defense. You got two great running backs in this. You got two great coaching minds coming from different directions. Who fuck NP Cowley was the last coach of the fucking Patriots. Okay, if you need shit like that, like then it. take it's it. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. Find out who was dyslexic when they were a kid. Find out who fucking had to sleep in a rain barrel until they were 15. That's the shit you need. Um, hey, Graz, you're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, Ronnie. It's basically like uh, in real life, like say if you get caught for like jaywalking or like speeding five miles over the limit. It's like people are calling like, all right, 20 years in jail now. It's like ridiculous. It's a minor infraction. Yeah, they might get fined or even worse, they'll lose a draft pick. But anyone who's saying like, oh, it's over, they should be suspended or fired, it's, it's so stupid. First of all, there's... Uh... You know, we don't we don't throw fucking things out when a guy's off sides, you know? Uh, that's ridiculous. But to me, this whole thing just goes why isn't the NFL in charge of the footballs if this is so damn important? Hire another ref, make him load boy, and he's got to load the footballs on the plane and unload them. <laughs> And if he doesn't work out, give it to his boss, and his boss becomes Lord Boy. <laughs> you know why? Because it, it's not a big fucking deal. It's just been made into a big fucking deal. It's no, crazy. No one thought it was a big deal until the other day. <laughs> what the fuck? Look, and charge him, uh, find him five million. They were going to find 20 grand for fucking uh, Marshawn Lynch touching his dick. So for this, who cares? They got the money. Kraft's got the cash. Belichick and Brady got the cash. Um, here's Al in Maryland. You're on the manifest show. Hey, Ronnie. I got a call. Uh, Fishhead, Chris Eisenhower. He mentioned that Ben Roethlisberger, he couldn't sack him. He's one of the top sack quarterbacks in the league. Gets a ton of sacks. That's the problem. Yeah, but dude, he has a bad offensive line, and when, he's fucking hard to take down. He stays I, up for a while. You, what happens is Chris hears a cliche, mm. like light him up, and then he fucking repeats it forever. And now he wants to bring up the fact that one coach coached at the other place and make that the fucking lead story. No, it's not the lead story, it's just a fun fact. That's all it is. A fun fact is like a tumor. If you don't fucking take care of it, it's going to grow larger and larger. I will never bring that up again. You will. And then you'll say he's going to light them up. Someone wrote to me the other day. They said, this is how fucking predictable Chris Stanley is. Anytime somebody... You know, escapes death. Chris says he should play the lottery now. Every <laughs> single time. I'll note that that I, I go to that well too many times. The other day, I had a meeting with three of the vice presidents in this company, and they asked me about the Chris character on the air. Oh, how much of it's real? How much of it isn't? What what'd you say? I acted like I was having a coughing fit. I said, I'll be right back. And I ran to the elevators and got out of here. Good, I think. Good. Let's keep, just keep it a mystery, right? Yeah. Everyone? Then I just wrote back to all of them. Sorry about that. Let's never have a meeting in that room again. Um, here's uh, Bruce. You're on the Run of Fest show. 
Ronnie, how come nobody brings up the receivers got the gloves with the rubber tacky stuff on the bottom? Ben Roethlisberger's been wearing a glove so he can, quote, grip the ball better in cold weather for six years. Nobody gave a shit about that. He let a pound and a half of air out of the ball. It's a fucking huge deal. Uh, it's just baby talk. It's a wonder they can walk. Andre, you're on the run of Fest show. <laughs> oh, what's going on, my cousin? Let's say, cousin. Hey, uh, I'm from Baltimore as well, and uh, just uh, you know, I watched that game myself. The Patriots didn't need to cheat to win that game. That, that didn't have anything to do with it. But the fact is that everybody cheats in the league. Everybody does. They're just the worst at getting caught on it. It's not that big a deal. Find them if that's the deal. Find the billion-dollar company, $2 million. How's that? <laughs> Can it all be forgotten? Cause, cause... Oh, because, by the way, it costs more to have a 30-second commercial in that game. <laughs> but ch- don't act like you're going to fuck up the Super Bowl. We're not taking away the quarterback on either team. We're not taking away the defense of either team. We're not taking away the coaches. We're playing the fucking game. Just let it fall as it may, right? Just fucking let them play. Oh, my God. The cliches. Just be a person. I am a person. You're a bumper sticker salesman. Oh, no. I can't stand it anymore. Jason, you're on the run face show. Hey, Ron. Um... The, the uh, sports announcer, I mean, the, the sports reporters only remind me of the nerds who couldn't play sports in high school. The little cattails, they got to go running and screaming and make things up about the jocks who get away with everything. Nerds. 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 Some people just hate the thing that they're covering, that's all. They hate it. They despise it. They just live to shit on things. It's, it's really, it's, it's bad. I don't give a shit. I, I, we just shouldn't pay attention. There's too many sports programs out there now. I'd like to see some of them just become straight guy talk. But we live in this fucking world now where we're all ready to judge people in some kind of court of public opinion on a constant basis. It's exhausting. The internet has made things exhausting. Well, the amount of gossip and fucking websites that just hammer people all day long. Well, but they're hammering people for tweeting something. It's just nuts. Where's that click coming from? You hear that click? I heard it. You clicked I, I don't think I'm clicking. There, yeah, I heard it was, from over there like that. Yeah, or. it was coming from your area. How did you hear it over all the typing? Oh, fuck. I have to type shit. You know what, dude? Let me just say something about Fez Watley. You fucking cleaned house yesterday. You whipped Chris Stanley's ass, and then those two fucking jabronis that came in over the top rope, and you chucked (laughs) them back out. They looked like it was fucking 1967, and they were the Joker's henchmen. Pow! (laughs) Slam! They were both out. Between so, Mikey D's fake tan and Haas' conservative look, it looked like the Republican Congress coming in for the State of the Union address. All right, you got him. You don't even have to wow. see. I mean, you're, you're punching a corpse right now, Fez. You're so far ahead. And, like, he, he handed you your ass yesterday, Chris. Just admit it. You're not going to win them all. But 
Somebody fucking wrote to me because you said because Chris fucked you up, you couldn't do your proper warm warm up, and they said to me, Ron, I was in the room. There had to be five seconds between Chris not understanding where the thing went and you and Rain walking in the room. There was yeah. no way to do a warm up. That's what I was saying. We were short on time once we got everyone seated. Rain was running a little bit late. And so we were short on time. Yeah, but so. those people you're talking about came over with me just about because I met them in the green room. So we all walked over as a gang. There was no way to get a, a, a warm-up in between. But that has nothing to do with the fact that you made Chris Stanley fucking pay yesterday. Look. You're back, dude. You're fucking back in black. No one can fucking stop you. Well, you ought to be looking around for another battle today. I'll have to see who I can fight with. Um, the last big fight that you won like that was that girl from Jay Thomas's show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you fuck Christina. Yeah, you. Yeah, Christina. Fez lit her up. Cause she oh, called, my God. Oh, He's I, back I, saying lit her up. I got it. The cliches abound, Fez. They abound. Actually, she did pretty good, but she didn't want to fight with you, but you were so cruel that day. Because she called Fez a weirdo to me went outside once. And, and you then, couldn't wait to get back up here and spread the word, you, Paul Revere. You, you, and then this is the beautiful <laughs> thing about Fez. He attacks somebody 20 years uh, younger than him as being old. <laughs> I thought Fez wanted to know. People Fez has got him. a mean streak when he wants to. Yeah. Fez could be an executioner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the guy would be crying and Fez would not give his <laughs> shit. He'd be old school too, like cut their heads off. Well, that's like the um, Triple H breaking kayfabe with the little kid. What at Monday Night Raw? It's on the eye bang. So the, why this kid? Why because you wrote one wrestling story? Now there's going to be a wrestling story today. <laughs> I told you to, we're giving you Mike Lawrence yesterday. <laughs> you get Mike. You get your wrestling thing. I understand, but now you you got to treat it like a bag of chips. I just never saw anything like this. The little kid's crying on Monday Night Raw. So bad guy boss, Triple H, goes over and gives him a hug to let him know that John Cena's all right while he's getting beat up by three other uh, wrestlers. Well, he's not getting beat up. That's what he told the kid. He's letting the kid know the same thing that you know, Fez, that is fake. Yes, but that is always a... For a, for a little kid wrestling fan, that's always a tricky time where you find out that this is actually sports entertainment. Are you still in that tricky time? Yes, I Why still go back and forth. Why could you save this for Mike Lawrence tomorrow? Why do you got to make it a daily thing? You got the Lucas Brothers yesterday, Mike Lawrence tomorrow. How do you try to slip in a Triple H story today? Who else you worried about? Farouk? Did Farouk do something? <laughs> the APA? <laughs> oh, they're still getting work. You should do a wrestling show, dude. You should do a show called Inside the Fucking Squared Circle. Oh, wait. They all do that. <laughs> I remember that was the initial idea when we came over here. How come you never did it? I didn't feel comfortable with it. Why not? You can talk about Triple H and he broke kayfabe, which, by the way, kayfabe hasn't even fucking existed probably in 20 years. Or it hasn't been followed in 20 years anyway. I mean, Jesus, they all use their real names. I mean, characters anymore. Was that right? I, from what I've fucking. That, you I've tell seen. me that's a real bunny that fucking runs around. <laughs> Who's the bunny with? Uh, he was with Adam Rose. Now that's a mistake that he's not anymore. Yeah, I agree. There's a Thank bunny. Thank you. What? 
See, he's he's pulled this. Yeah, they're all like ecstasy heads. And then there's a bunny. I guess it's supposed to be a hallucination. It's very fucking funny and stupid. Does the bunny fuck people up? Well, he jumps around. He goes off top ropes. I've never really seen him fucking nail anybody too much. Um, let's get a hold of uh, Blowhard. I want to say happy birthday to him. Um, Craig, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ryan, what's going on? None of your goddamn business, Craig. None of your goddamn business. Yeah. Hey, uh, in reference to the uh, Baltimore guy, wanted to get his team back in the Super Bowl. People here in Kansas City, are some of them are actually serious about because they're the only team that beat both the Seahawks and the uh, Patriots. And they seem to forget they lost twice to the fucking Broncos and the Raiders. So they think that they should be let in? You know how Palmers are. They think they're sitting there actually crying about, well, we're the only team that beat both New England and Seattle. you got to be kidding me. They don't, it's like they don't understand how the whole Then they should go and play by win. themselves in the Super Bowl. You, yeah, I don't see it. The, 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 the thing of people wanting, they're talking about, you know, protecting the sport. And then wanting to to make it an asterisk Super Bowl, I would feel bad for Seattle if they went in and, and won a game, and they weren't playing Brady or had Belichick there. They would be disappointed. How about this? We banned Gronk's family from going to the Super Bowl. Oh no! That way everybody wins. They're so gun ho. I know they are. With that <laughs> shitty fucking van they all ride around and they're so proud of. What are like the a party bus? What a crazy family! They're all they're fucking nuts. Well, yeah, it's great though when somebody in the family hits. Like in a crazy family that hits. The bunch of just giant kids just fucking partying constantly. And their dad's like, their dad was on TV, so he's like, they're all partying and doing their crazy dances and shit. And their dad's like, I teach my kids to enjoy every day, love every day. You teach them to party every day. <laughs> yeah. Any pa dad could do that. Look, kids, pound a 12-pack every day. Get your buzz on. What? <laughs> well, it's the birthday boy, the Brooklyn Blowhard. How you doing, pal? Oh my God! It seems like forever. How it you guys is forever, doing? dude. I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? Time just flies when you're not having fun. How uh, long have you been in there? Uh, a few months. Just doing the uh, the rehab thing. It's uh. Is it working? Uh, well, I, I guess it is. I'm I'm really you know. I, I'm I'm hoping to get out of here in a few weeks. That's just it. You know, the good news is. I didn't have any uh, major, major issues, um, major health problems that were avoided. And now I go to rehab every day, and they work you out in the gym, and it's just, uh, it's something I'm not used to. It's, you know, like... It's your job now. Your job is taking care of your foot. That's the most important thing. Yeah, just that's the most important thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's a nice place, and there's some really interesting characters walking around. And uh, one of the people was wearing an Opie and Anthony shirt in the gym. And I started talking to him, and I mentioned the Ron and Fez show, and and I asked him about the blowhard, and he says, I hate that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't say anything. <laughs> and they're all listening to Weird Medicine. All the, all the uh, rehab people all have their phones, and they all like to listen. And so it's, it's, it's been really odd. And... Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just like I, I'm calling it like a little vacation for myself just to get healthy. And they got me lifting Volkswagens and, you know, doing the weights and the weight training and the endurance. And uh, 
and my foot's healed. I mean, when I first got here, we it was questionable. And this is something for all diabetics to know. When you have a little blister infection, it could really get bad. And that's what happened to me. And Dude, it, was, it happened, just happened to our friend Flathead. It was awful. He, yeah, the infection, there was no fever. There was nothing to indicate that I had a problem. And then one day... I felt a little twinge, and I said to the nurse, I said, what's wrong on my foot? And she goes, oh, my God, it's discolored. You better get to the emergency room. And, uh, you know, I could have been a one-legged tap dancer the way it was going, but through a lot of IV meds and, uh, you know, I had a skin graft operation, an artificial skin graft, which was pretty bizarre. They used collagen and human cells and all kinds of shit, and they... And it was, a mirac- it was a miraculous recovery. The doctor still comes in and says, holy shit, you got a second chance, kid. You dodged a bullet. So I'm blessed that, you know, things went well. And uh, probably going home maybe in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, hopefully. Uh, I was hoping to get home for the Super Bowl, but we'll see. I, I've been, you know, just sitting here watching all the games and uh, just trying to uh, focus on the big picture, which is getting healthy. And then... Eventually come in and see you guys. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's been a long crazy. time, buddy. Well, yeah, and you know, and I, I, I don't know anybody. I mean, I'm so out of touch with what's been happening on the show. The oh, God, it's really it's been so good. And go to the, uh, to, to the other channel, the, uh, the the gay channel. I mean, I've been hearing all these things from people. I don't know what to believe. Yeah, Fez is at the gay the channel now. Fired. Chris Stanley's at the herb channel. Yeah. Uh, but still has to come back every day at 3 and load. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm also a load boy, but I'm on channel 420. On the, <laughs> and I hear oh, you're making a lot great. of good football picks. <laughs> Is that a real channel? I, it, if it's not, it should be. Because <laughs> they go out there. They go out to Denver for herb fucking parties. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's like uh, they have multiple like um, it's basically like a, a market of weed. Yeah, and they just broadcast. And High Times does a show here too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. They're associated with Sirius. Well, you know, it was a rough time during the holidays, but the bottom line is my gift was that I was able to, you know, save the foot and everything. And, uh, and you know, you have to look at the big picture. When you get older, you just have to watch the diabetes. I'm, I tell all my friends, they're, you know, they're eating pounds of sugar and, you know, all this shit. And it's like, you're diabetic. You just can't assume that, you know, you can shoot insulin and make it all go away. And that was a problem. That myself included, you know, people who are diabetic think, well, gee, if I could eat something decadent and then take some insulin, it'll make it go away. But it doesn't work that way. And uh, it's 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 just it's been an experience, and it's like a bottom, I guess they call it in the program, right? Yes. You know, you kind of sure. hit a bottom. You bottomed out. Now, now you're salad guy. Yeah, and you know, I keep in touch with some of the regulars. Gvac's always calling me. And, he's you know, the best. Annoying me, and yeah, he's 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 great and. Jersey Rich came by with a Sports Illustrated, which was pretty funny. Ah, that's sweet. Good man. Of course, you know, at any point he comes by and brings me these giant hero sandwiches, but I'm like, Eddie, what are you doing? Eddie, stop it, please. What are you going to do? Why don't you just uh, fucking cut my foot? Yeah, he brings put up it in the tropics. Monster sandwiches like bigger than his forearm, but now nah, he, he he's a he's a good guy and he's uh, the best. I just like you know, and it's funny because like I'm not home and like I got my sister helping me pay the bills. She just writes my checks and oh nice. And I keep on getting calls from Sirius. You know, your account is in arrears, and I'm like, I just wrote you a fucking check. I mean, <laughs> and I can't even listen to the damn thing. See, I have I have a Sirius. I don't have it online. I have it on my stereo at home. I run it through. Mm-hmm. So now I got to think of some way to get it online. Or get I'll put Load Boy on it for you. He'll take care of everything. I'll take care of all your loads. Yeah, I online mean, and, and off. And what's up with the football picks with Chris Stanley? I hear he's really uh, kicking ass. Well, he was, and then he had a fucking wall. <laughs> well, this wall that I'll never get. What do you guys think wall. about the Deflate Gate nonsense that's going on? Uh, I just, it's so frustrating. It's so stupid. 
like I said, um, you know, I said to friends, I said, I think Tom Brady, they would have won that game if they were throwing watermelons at people. All right, let's not get racial. Stop. You know well, what I mean? Let's I'm making a racial. point about the watermelon. and uh, I know, but, you know, we got to, you know. Look, okay, it's the medication I'm on. I can't help it. All right, buddy, I got to go to the break. Let me tell you, I want to say happy people, birthday to you, Blowhard. Yeah, I mean, you guys never forget, and it's always, always a pleasure, and I, I miss you guys, and I can't wait to come back and hear you, and. All right, pal. Definitely come up and see and take you guys out for dinner. And uh, all right, that sounds nice. That sounds a lot nice. Of stories, well, but nice anyway, hello to Beautiful. my friends yeah. out there and uh, okay, all my friends. Okay, my friends alike, especially that guy in rehab who hates my guts. All right, pal. Take care. Uh, thanks, Happy thanks birthday, God bless, guys. Take Bro- care. Brooklyn uh, Bohart. Big big birthday to him and his foot. His foot's better. I like to hear that. Yeah, I know you do, Chris. He lit it up. I'm not saying he that. Lit up diabetes. <laughs> I'm not saying that anymore. Uh, are we not supposed to say who uh, we got coming in later on today, or is it supposed to be a surprise? We could say. Uh, it's, it's, it, I think we're supposed to guess. Well, we're not guessing. We know who it is. They, uh, but you know, Gurian likes the one that be. But it's Trevor Noah, who's like one of the coolest fucking comics and smartest and funniest people out there today. If you don't know him. You're going to, you know, you got a lot of cool stuff ahead of you. And if you do know them, this should be great. Uh, We will break uh, right back. Other stuff we got to get to today, Fez? What's a big story? Oh, I want to talk about there's a new um, Carl's Jr. commercial. Oh, yeah. Shelby made a bold statement to us this morning. And Shelby, what was that statement? That the girl in this Carl's Jr. ad is unseating Kate Upton forever. She is old news. The girl is or Kate Upton? Kate Upton. She's yesterday's news. Get out now, of town. I, I heard a, him say that. Chris, you got immediately angry about yeah, it. I'm angry right now hearing it again. All right. Up on the iBang, it's Carl's Jr.'s Does It Again. Charlotte McKinney, McKinney, McKinney. is her name. Uh, go over and check it out on the iBang. She's very, very curvy. And we'll pick this up when we get back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits. Channel 99. Need cash but don't have millions of years to wait for a loan approval? Then come down to The Lone Dinosaur. The Lone Dinosaur can handle all your borrowing needs because here, high interest rates have gone extinct. Why end up with a mortgage the size of a brontosaurus when you could go to The Lone Dinosaur? I didn't think I'd ever get money for a new car. Those guys at the bank were like dealing with cavemen. Now I'm no longer walking everywhere like it's the Stone Age. Thanks, Lone Dinosaur. The Lone Dinosaur. The Lone Dinosaur. With offices uptown, midtown, and our newest location in Jerusalem. Jurassic Park, The Lone Dinosaur, The Evolution in Banking, right Molly? The Lone Dinosaur, Dinosaur, his tail was swift as lightning, Dinosaur, his heart was brave and pure, Dinosaur, whenever there was danger, he'd be there to fight the carnivore, The Lone Dinosaur. On and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Raw Dog Comedy Hit Channel 99. 
A couple things about this video, and it's up on the iBank. Carl's Jr. always has a nice curvy girl to sell their burgers. Uh, number one, it's a ripoff from a famous scene in a movie. Yeah, 100%. Uh, number two, she's stunningly beautiful. And number three, that burger is way too big for a woman to bite into. <laughs> you don't need to make it to be that tough to eat. You gotta, be a, you gotta be a snake to eat that thing. Just unhinge the jaw. Um, somebody wrote to us, Kate Upton is drawing hatred because we're forced to hear her when we play the Trivia Crack app. She's out. Fuck her. Chris, you wanted to defend Kate Upton. Alright, this is ridiculous that people keep saying, oh, this broad's next Kate Upton, this broad's next Kate Upton. First of all, this Charlotte McKinney broad, she's an Instagram nobody. She's just a girl on Instagram that, with like a couple hundred thousand followers, that Carl's Jr. tapped to be in this in this uh, commercial. And they've had a long line of very hot, very famous women in these commercials. Like uh, People look forward to the Carl's Jr. commercials because they're very sexy. They've had, they've had Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, Jane McCarthy, Kate Upton, Sarah Underwood and Emily uh, Ratajkowski. Thanks for reading a list to us, Chris. But what's your point? That this this is does a disservice to Carl's Jr. Why? Because they they, they she's, are she's hot. She's she's attractive, yes, but she's not hotter than Kate Upton. The, but that's not doing a disservice. You can't keep Kate Upton forever, and they got the new hot blonde. She's not the new hot blonde. She's just another Instagram model. Yeah, Jen Salter's a new. Another Instagram model too. She's all we're always talking oh, about her. She's shit. always on that the side. Right. Hey, guess what? If they had Jen Selter in the commercial, I wouldn't be bitching and complaining. Jen Selter has like whatever, a couple million. This part has like a couple hundred thousand. These she's Why a dime a dozen. Why do you care about numbers? All you got to do is look at her and decide for yourself. Why do you need these other people? I looked at her and decided for myself, and then I looked deeper into it and found that this woman doesn't. She didn't even belong in the Carl Junior's fucking stable of Carl's Junior girls. First of all, I don't know why. Shelby needs to attack Kate Upton, nor whether you need to make disparaging marks about this girl's Instagram numbers. She's doing the best she can. She's getting her name out there. She's making some friends. I heard she's Snapchatting, too. Oh. The only stats this I... makes me want to have a big cheeseburger, though. Sure, the commercials Or as work. Fez calls it, T-Bone Steaks. Charlotte McKinney is a nobody. Yes, she has very large, natural breasts. Yeah, that, that doesn't make her a nobody, then. <laughs> Those are the only stats that matter. I kind of got to agree with him. None of the people that you n mentioned, am I impressed with their careers? Stop looking at stuff that you're picking out of your ears. I just scratched my ear. I wasn't picking. But then you went down and you were looking under your nail to see what it was. You're freaking <laughs> me today. Okay, I'll stop. I think that you're making up that you hate this girl, and I think Shelby is making up that he hates Kate Upton. I legitimately I think don't. you're both looking for a little mic time. I legitimately don't like this girl, and I am I I feel like Kate Upton just gets attacked too much. People just love to just bash her. Well, first of all, I will always stick up for Kate Upton, particularly over Shelby. That's a nonsense story. That's a fucking kid who can't load being asked to you know jump in and give an opinion. 
But your thing of attacking this girl is almost just as bad, Chris. I don't She's feel- done nothing. You should be happy for her. She got fucking. She got spotted by the Carl's Jr. people. Maybe this is maybe this is beginning for her. Maybe they'll bring back chips and she'll get the fucking Randy part. What was that girl's name, Fez? Randy Oaks. She'll be the Randy Oaks of this whole fucking get together. Look, I'm not. I don't s- see how you even tell the difference. You <laughs> could put out pictures of Kate McKinnon or whoever this w- woman is, and uh, Kate Upton, and I have no. I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Fez, we could put up pictures of those two girls. And three cocks, and none of it would turn you on. So what's the difference there? <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with Charlotte McKinney. She's an attractive young lady. Oh, well, you're finally coming around to that. No, not, I've always... It's, how could you not think that? But when the haters come out and start bashing Kate Upton, saying, Only oh, it's one all... hater. No one else bashed. Other people online are saying that fucking... Well, who online? Why are you paying attention to the people online? Be- who are they, commenters? They're commenters, yeah. And some writers. It's really, it's outrageous. What writers? I'll look it up. I'll find it for you right now. Good. You're, since you're always typing over there, you might as well go. Look, that big fucking cheeseburger is making me hungry. I like how they're, they're advertising that this is their only burger that's safe to eat. That's it's good. the one without steroids. Everything else, <laughs> oh my gosh, you might as well eat a hand grenade. Most people don't worry too much about the steroids when they're going to Carl's Jr. Diana Falzone from Fox News saying, this is the new Kate Upton. Look out, Kate Upton. That's ridiculous, Diana. Okay, that's Diane. And Diana. And, and I think she's just being lazy because Kate Upton used to do it. Now she is. Well, then Kate Upton's the new Kim Kardashian. It all doesn't make she's sense. She's the new Diana Falcone. Well, Kate Upton's very big. Uh, she's doing a great job in that commercial where she's... <laughs> Come on, everyone, attack. Let's fight wars and apps. You're like, put her in a silent film and roll her down the hill. Everybody be excited. Yeah, no need for her to be talking to these guys as they fight dragons. I got an idea for you. Kate Umpton in a fucking bouncy house. There's my commercial. (laughs) Bouncy houses are very fun. Then you just play the fucking theme to Lone Dinosaur in the background. (laughs) It's the craziest fucking commercial ever. I'd buy a bouncy house, though. I, actually, in today's commercial, it's not even close. Dice is a hamster in charge of a fucking family? No. That would not even come close to being the nuttiest thing ever. Uh, Fox is doing something right now. How far would you go to get out of a bad date? Hashtag out. Actually, they do out hashtag. That annoys me. It just doesn't make sense. I guess murder? That's as far as I can have a bad date? I would do this. Well, excuse me, I can't date you tonight. I'd go that far. That's crazy, dude. Something's come up. I want to leave. I don't like you anymore. This is a bad idea. Uh, A bunch of people sent me this Vice uh, article asking me to forward to Fez, which is about a... Uh, a homosexual that's afraid of dating. But I was going, I read it, it was very close to Fez, and then I'm like, oh, I'll send this to Fez, he might like it. But then the dude was like half your age, I'm like, that might even make you more depressed. Well, well, well. Hello! Look at this stranger came back as soon as we do our first show of 2015. Is this the first live show of 2015? How you doing, Michelle? Every day I'm hoping it's the first live show of 2015. You know, you're so busy with your new show, uh, which is Donnie Loves... uh, Jenny. Jenny. Uh, That I'm never going to be allowed to be on. Yeah, well, you're so busy. Uh, Why aren't you allowed to be on it? Because you can't look at the sun. Uh, no, they, they don't. They don't need a short person on that show. 
Well, it looks like they started sh- shooting, like, in the summer months, right? They must have shot a bunch of it. They did. They have one more week. Are, are they ever showing up here and shooting in the studio? They have. Oh, I didn't know. Yes, well, I watched the show. Yeah, me too. And last night they were in the studio, so. I didn't watch last night. I didn't know. You, had to, you DVR'd it. I do. I have it on my DVR. Do you, t- do you watch it? Fezziwig? I haven't seen it yet. I'm so looking forward to it, though. That's you a good watch way around it, it rather than right. go in a different direction. You're going to do the marathon I'm so of it. looking forward to it. I haven't yet, but I'd like to. <laughs> I yeah. know Stanley is all over it. I love Donnie Wahlberg. I love him in Saw. He, uh He was really good in Sixth Sense. I'll tell you something else. That fucking group of his is back in a big, big way. They got a big summer tour coming up. Big, big. I'd love to be part of some kind of nostalgia thing. Wish that would happen for me. Yeah, I, you, you would have to have ha- Okay. Yeah, my boy band didn't do as good as we wanted to do. I bet I bet the, you and Philly... What were you, the, the Philly cheesesteaks? No, we were called Steppenwolf. We had a little <laughs> fucking hit called Born to be Wild, as well as Magic Carpet Ride. And you're not doing anything with that now? No one is nostalgic about us. Wow. That seems sad. What are you going to do? What's going on in your life, though, Michelle? We haven't talked to you in a while. Um, we don't understand what your position is here anymore. Nobody does. You've you've ignored every unmasked. I did not. I walked. I even walked, though, yeah. even though Fez and I did a theater piece, a theater piece that brought the house down. Only, and we could use you there for one fucking reason: my music cues. <laughs> my my guy on the music cue does not understand how important it is the theater. I, I one time fell asleep. I was uh, so did my guy. Yes, I fell asleep during um, Born Yesterday. I was um, I missed the cue for the lights to go black at the end of the show. Yeah, Not it's so good. important. It's it was uh, I learned as did they well, on stage. What are you gonna do? When's the last time you've been on stage? Improv or acting? Let's say acting first in uh, a legitimate play. A legitimate play. Mm-hmm. Oh God. It was the late Who 90s. Who was president? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 Clinton. Oh, bad. Jesus Christ. The Clinton years. They were good to me. I know they were. But still, I mean, that's a long time ago. I don't know whether you saw him lately, but he's fragile. So what's this thing about Clinton and um, uh, that the prince who is having sex crime? What's Well, the- we don't like to get into it too much because they're with a billionaire, a pederast. So we're not and, allowed to talk about it? Well, it's only because, and I know this for a fact, this guy is a collector of comedians. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. A lot of comedians that we all know have been to that house. So I never like to talk about it on the air. Because I don't know how deep it's going to go. Wow. Yeah. I am, I am silenced. Yeah. But see, uh, I tried to bring that up... Uh, the other day, when we had in um, the the guy who's on the new channel, John, John saying yeah, it's a hard name for me, and he's like, "Oh, no one cares about that." I'm like, "Okay," because when we get around to Hillary running, everyone's going to care about that story. It's going to be a big story. I can't tell that to Fugel saying, you know what I mean? Because when Fugel sang, that was the end of it. It's all done <laughs> after that. That's he's not he even that fat, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that you said that when he's not at all, not, at all. not even slightly. He's, he's just a, a, a cool drink of water. No, nope, that's not it. 
What is it? You know, you're married, right? I am. Oh, I, you know I that you're married now. I, I do. You're just not that married, as you like to put it. <laughs> what goes behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. When we get behind <laughs> closed doors. doors. Chris Stanley's always cheating on his check, and he thinks it's cool. No, I, that, no. no I, I don't cheat. No, I wouldn't think it's cool. Okay. All right. That and that. Let's keep it going, then. <laughs> as I said, don't break kayfabe. Never. It's the only thing we have precious to us anymore. What's that? The K fabe? K the fabe, yeah. Screw those smarks. Wow, I just walked into some language. That yeah, I well, that's okay. You know, you could do a lot of theater language like we don't know. Like, you could bring up the <laughs> Scottish play, and we wouldn't even know what you're talking about. We don't talk about that, so. Yeah. I do, though. Do you? And I always yell, have a great first night. <laughs> <laughs> I always say to people their first night of a play, I don't I don't know how you remember all your lines. <laughs> but speaking of another thing, did you look into what night and all that kind of stuff for me? Uh, what it is? I don't even know. Send me all the information of even what I will get you all the, all the deets. In what, five minutes or seven? Just look it up. You can look it up online. You don't have to even go to him. Because I don't know what we're dealing with there. I'll find out. This computer's been dismantled. Well, Chris can do it, too. He, he's the loadout boy. I'm a load. A load he's a loadout load boy, but no longer the, um, you don't book guests anymore. No. If Fez is now, well, Fez doesn't book the guests, but he's the liaison with the booking department. And when he was telling me the guest, it sounded like the Emmy Awards. And Chris <laughs> used to just do it real fast off the thing. Fez prints out all these sheets. We go through it. And we used to take something that took a minute and a half. And now it, it's like you have to get up early and find out who is nominated for an Oscar. Is that what it is? Yes, yeah, this is what it is. What's it about, though? Send it over to me, Chris. Uh, it's the email's right here. I'm about to hit send. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at mine. It hasn't hit yet. I'm going to oh, just... send you the about section specifically. Oh. There you go. Sent. I mean, it seems like something. You know what I mean? That's a, that looks big. Well, the cast is good. Well, this person asked, and we're not going to say it on the air yet, but point to the name of the person who asked to do the show. Right there. What? In the circle. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, no children of mine will stop me from that. Just the show or an unmasked? No, just to come in. Well, why, why does that person even have to ask? They've done it before and they think it's great, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This, you got, it's tough to get on this show now since Fez took over booking. Tomorrow, we got Mike Lawrence lined up so Fez can talk wrestling with him. And I wanted to bring in um, my pal, Samwell, who I'm trying to get little Sammy's name known as Samwell. Did you, did you give him that yesterday? Yes, I did. Did he like the name? No response. Huh. You don't want Sam Roberts in here while we're doing Samwell. our wrestling? Samwell. <laughs> I don't. We we don't need Samwell in here. Not Samwell. Samwell. Wow. Sam Although Samwell. Oh. Not Samwell Gamgee. Samwell. <laughs> Samwell, like Shamrell. That's going to be the whole big gimmick. What time is it? Two tomorrow for wrestling talk. One. One for wrestling talk. Jesus Christ, that's early. Two's Rain Wilson unmasked. Mm. 
That's going to be great. But one is wrestling. Should I get Sam Wow? Tell him to come soak some stuff up in here in round one. He doesn't need to soak anything. What is we your can handle Samwell? Because he'll just come in here Who's and try to... Samwell will try to come in here, <laughs> dominate, and yes. who needs them? But we need somebody who knows wrestling. I know wrestling. Mike Lawrence knows wrestling. Well, that like Sam- I talked to the Lucas brothers. They know wrestling. We're covered. But they know wrestling from the past. We need a current wrestling That's true. man. I can't keep hearing you bringing up fucking Bruno San Martino again. Yeah, Sam Samwell's hip to every, all this new shit. Okay. Well. Yeah, and his his mic. He wears it around his ear that goes down to his mouth. It's really look. Really, all really you gotta cool. do is just twist that Samwell, and all that information just comes leaking yeah. out. It's from his hair. You gotta twist his hair enough. Everyone loves a Samwell. So that would be cool. I like your haircut. Thank you for noticing because no one on this show noticed for a full week. And I was doing stuff like this, though. It's not like. And I was standing like so I'd have my. Not one of them brought it up. And then the weird thing is, I go down the unmasked and all the bosses are like, oh my God. And they're like talking like this. Oh my God, your hair. And I'm not kidding. One of the vice presidents said to me, oh my God, your hair. And then I'll just say what Don did. Oh! <gasps> He put his hands over his mouth and just, and he was next to fucking Fez at the time, and he held it, and I go like this, Don, don't even bring it up because he hasn't noticed, and Fez then ignored what we were doing. Oh. It was just like he did his, you know, and that's why I need Sam Wow in here. I need somebody. Sam Wow said he would be happy to come in and talk wrestling to you. Sam Wow just an official me. invite hasn't gone out yet. Oh, I'm, I'm why not. Who runs booking? I forgot. Me. I'm sorry. Never mind, Sam. And I think we're full tomorrow. Oh, by the way, that's his big deal, too. Because this was, he hates when people go around him to get to me. You forgot to even bring that up to Hosp. But Hosp asked me if he could come into the show. And I'm like, sure. And then Fez found out and was like furious. But what did you call it? He doesn't. He doesn't go through proper protocols. Okay, here's the thing. Our protocol was at that point four days old. <laughs> It was four days old. <laughs> and he was furious. But it was in place. That's the only way you get a yeah, protocol but you, established. Did you, but you, did you type it up? Did Nobody you send it knew to people? It. No one knows the protocol. It's a new regime. Pro- I didn't know. Fez forgets. He gets. The, he got the gig because Loadboy is too fucking busy loading stuff. I'm loading a lot of things. I'm handling right, Fez, a lot of loads. do you book in either direction? Can you book us on stuff? Yeah, I could do that. All right, there's two things I want to do. Ant's podcast, dying to do it. Okay. Can't seem to get a call back there. Uh, And then B, I want to get Don, who claims he would win the TV show Chopped. Holy shit. And I'm like, we should be able to do you if we promote it. And, you know, us and O&A and we'll run spots. You, know, you need to get an app. On. You need a hashtag started, and you get your Twitter people to. Uh, well, all they'd have do to those- do. How many people are on Chopped on any given night? Uh, there's three. three, three competitors. So maybe what we could do is is check with some other radio companies and see if they want to put somebody up. But Don says I could win Chopped, no problem. He goes, I watched that show, and I'm ready to go. He goes, I don't care what you throw at me, and I'm like, this is blowing me away. 
And I have to see it. I, I would lose my shit. I watch Chopped every, every, all the time. I watch it constantly. I know you do, because you bring it up to me all the time. Yeah, it's great. I, lo- I love the show. One day His he barbecue says, sauce is really good. Don, who's? Don's. I didn't get any barbecue sauce from him. I didn't either. How do you become everybody's favorites? Bullshit. Uh, Sam Well is fucking just texting you instead of Chris. Not the proper protocol. I I didn't know about the protocol. (laughs) But we're all finding out about it. Guess what? This is the fucking new protocol, all right? And now, oh, now I get it. Okay. Now, now he's back. Sam Wiles backtracking. Now he's trying to get a fucking text from me. Well, that's not the protocol. That's not backtracking. That's front tracking. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Backtracking was if he said he couldn't do it. But I, I want to talk to him, Fezzy, because he knows things that you don't know. Like Finish, what? Finishing moves. I know Angles. finishing moves. Uh, mic uh, work. Is that what it's called? Yeah, working the stick. Lube. Oh, okay. God damn it. Do they need lube? Yeah, they lube each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Riff. I want to do a thing on wrestlings that wrestlers that are born again. That'd be awesome. Wrestlers who died before their time. That's all of them. And the Lucas brothers and who they like. <laughs> I know all about that. Let Sam fucking deal with Sam it. Sam Wan knows about the Lucas brothers in their lists. Let's be <laughs> honest. Come on. I love that picture of the Lucas brothers on your um website. They're the adorable. Way. They're very, very cute. Whoa. <laughs> Now, how come neither one of you guys noticed what Michelle noticed in seconds? You were wearing uh, like a winter hat, I, I think, a lot. I was not. Not at all. I'll, yeah, I wore it when I was outside, but not inside. I'm not perceptive. Thank you. I'm the I'll, same I'll way. I'll just say it. <laughs> <laughs> but when did you guys figure it out? When they were told yesterday in front of other people. <laughs> when, when, when someone sent you in the hall. I was like, oh. Which God. person? Oh, it's Steve Platter. Steve Bladder? Yeah, he okay. was one of the people that was just blown away about it and said that I look like management now and I should come to meetings. <laughs> and I said, if someday I find my talent is gone, yeah, I'd love to go into your fucking <laughs> shitty meetings and talk about numbers and whatever you guys do. <laughs> I want to be in that meeting. Um, Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, um, Chris Stanley just said that uh, that he's a big fan of Chopped and said that it starts out with three contestants. Um, anyone that has watched Chopped at all knows it starts with four, you asshole. Oh, yeah. You fucking moron. Whatever. You could have blown Why? this for us, Chris. No, it's four. It's four. It's this right. It's four. God, God damn it, Chrissy. Look, there, and then there's, all right, look, there's the, the, the first round, which is the, I believe, the brunch round. Mm-hmm. And then the entree round. You believe. And then the dessert round. You watch it all the time. There's three rounds. Sir, is that true? Are there three rounds? No one knows what's going on here. Hey, Charlie. Ronnie B., uh, everyone's forgotten the Ronnie and Sammy Sweetheart show. Let's just uh, have three hours of uh, Ron and Sam tomorrow. You know, we did do the Ronnie and Sammy Sweetheart when he had started. I came in. Help buck him up a little bit. He forgets more than anybody else. Samwell. That's before he took on the name Samwell. Thanks for nothing, Samwell. Yeah. Now, he's going to be talking uh, wrestling on his show tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Well, wrestling figures. Oh. He talks about different wrestling figures, what dolls you can get. Oh, figurines. No. No, they're, figures. They're, they're just dolls. That's adorable. Show what the, the dolls look like, the wrestling dolls. 
and the ring that Sam Wow owns also. Like that? Like a whole, yeah. yeah. No, not like that. Yeah, more like that. Okay. Yeah. There, so you can move his... Yeah, you can move him. They're like little action figures. You're like, ah, oh, Pitta the Fool tries to start in trouble with Hulk Hogan. They look like the same uh, figurines of the Million Dollar Man um, that we all had. Wow. You just showed your age, didn't you? Yep. That's before my time. <laughs> I'm so old. Ted DiBiase. My first show I remember saying was Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That was the first <laughs> show that I saw. <laughs> you, didn't they confuse you? Which one was which? Um, Haas wants everyone, to remind everyone that he wrote the questions for the Fez Not Stan, Sam Trivia Contest. I stumped them one third of the time. Those questions stunk. Uh, then this person writes in to Chris Stanley, yeah. the fucking brunch round? Yeah, it's the brunch round. It's the appetizer <laughs> That's round, it. you That's fuck. Fucking, That's like, it. Why would they go, oh, I'm going to go from brunch and then directly to dinner? Because <laughs> it's a TV show. They want to make it interesting. But they But don't. you know what brunch is, right? <laughs> it's, it's between breakfast and lunch. Yeah. So you're going to have a waffle and a steak. That's your idea. <laughs> now it's time for them to make waffles and steaks. <laughs> But with like crazier ingredients, you know, try to throw them. Look, the only good thing, the only thing that's better about brunch than breakfast is you sleep later. That's the only reason. Why, it's still breakfast I can, with some chicken legs. Brunch is now more like popular than than breakfast these days. But yes, because you sleep late on a Sunday and eat it. These days, I think it's been in the no brunch. Like like brunch is like blown the fuck up. No, it's, it's crazy. always, it's always been, been big, fucking you're, huge. You're just now entering your adult years. Yeah, this is what happens when you when you well pay your own rent. Oh fuck! <laughs> what, what the fuck does that mean? I've been paying rent for fucking years. Yes, Isn't it right only control? because your parents died, or you'd still be living with them because you're in the same apartment. Yeah, well, it's fucking rent controlled. Okay, rent stabilized. Why wouldn't I stay? Why would anyone fucking not stay in fucking saying, New York City? If your mom was alive, you'd both be sharing that apartment. Yes, that's how you got your own crib. Yes. Now, did you see those apartments that burned up in Jersey yesterday? Yeah, yes, um, unbelievable. You know, John Sterling was in one of those apartments. Yeah. says. Crazy, yeah. They said it was made with some kind of light wood that goes up fast. At the 6 o'clock news, they're like, there's a small fire, uh, a smoky fire, um, and the police are, and, and firemen are there to ask people to leave their apartment until they get it under control. At 11 o'clock, you just see a block on fire. And, and the same guy going, holy fuck, holy yeah. fuck! It's true. Mrs. O'Leary's cow time it was fucking crazy. Ugh. Oh, jeez, I brought up a reference no one got. It's from Chicago in the 1800s. Chicago Fire. The Chicago Fire. Is that song the day... No, sorry. The night Chicago yeah, it, died. Is that the song? Da, 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 Night Chicago was. Brother, what a fucking night it was. Glory be. Uh, th they also said that that uh, thing was burning up when it was being built. It was on fire as they were building it. And they were like, years you know ago. what? It's going to be okay. Yeah. They made it out of sulfur and matchsticks. <laughs> and Look the little match terrible. girl out front was just freezing to death. Now, how big is that lawsuit going to be? I don't know how it's all going to go down. Probably that fucking company is already bankrupt today. Like, ah, we don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we're done. 
Matt, Winchester Cathedral, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie. I think for tomorrow, we don't know who that is, but we need a wrestling expert in there. And I mean, Sammy's beat Fez three out of three times in trivia. But my guess is that the hands of stone Ron Garvin coming in. Oh, man, I would love to see Ronnie Garvin. Record Ronnie Garvin. We have, we're up to our asses and experts in wrestling tomorrow. We don't need Sam. <laughs> Who are we up to our asses with? Sam Wilde. Me, Mike Lawrence. I have my, uh, the, what, the Lucas Brothers contributed. That's on the iBang. Here's what, when they had a contest against each other, this is a question that Fez missed. It's the WW blank. <laughs> it oh. could have been F, it could have been E. Or Fezzy. So you wanted Mike Lawrence to be your special friend. Right. But he's done Sam's show before. So, exactly. So Sam doesn't need to be in here for yet another round of Mike Lawrence time. You know, this thing is big, but I'm digging it. Where do we get it from, Chris? That is from, that is from Blake at Float Culture Smoke Shop, out, right outside of Providence, Rhode Island. That's Float Culture Smoke Shop. I, I like to make 2015 the year I give up tobacco. Totally? Just go straight to vape? It's a long year, though. I must say I'm doing it now. Has it started yet? Well, today's our first day back. Back? Yeah. And in a Chinese New Year, it's the year of the egg roll. So <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. It it's is, isn't it? Vegetarian or pork? I, one time I, got, I said to the guy at the Chinese place in my neighborhood, I go, what's in these egg roll? He goes like this. Ah, uh, egg roll. And I go, no, inside the egg roll. He go, egg roll stuff. I go, you know what, dude? I'm going to fucking eat it. But if I find out it's cat, I'm coming back here. And he goes, go ahead, try. And I go, I know. I roll, oh, you little motherfuckers think you know stuff. Do I slam your head against the goddamn car? And then what happens? Then who you slap him with a karate chop? Did fucking he say ground. it like Ross says it? On Friends and 19 Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Ross reference. I missed this. <laughs> Don't you remember? He used to go karate. Karate. Anyway. Oh, so I was never a big Friends guy. You fuss? I was for a while, and then I kind of fell off when Ross and Rachel would keep going back and forth, getting back to... I cheered out loud. Fez, uh, you took it a little too serious. Wow. I was just jokingly throwing oh. it over. It was just like one of those volleyball things. We were all going to make fun of Michelle for watching it. It was a time to really mock the shit out of me. Yeah. God damn it. I miss that. It's ruined. That's okay. That's why I'm bringing Sam in tomorrow. You know what I mean? To that get has that. nothing to do with wrestling. You know what I like about Sam? What I call Samchasm. Where he sarcastically goes after people in that Sam Wow way. Samchasm. I wish you were here now. Somebody told me that you were having an affair with him. No. It was oh, me, I told you. Wait. And I saw it, so it's definitely true. Hey, Chris, you know, you're the only one I would have an affair with. Oh! Wow! Bung, I'll take it. Bung, 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 when Big J called him Tears for Fears hair, I haven't gotten over it yet. And then we even went back to see how pretty the Tears for Fear hair is and thick, and it's perfect. It's a good call. It is. But I, what, what was with Jay? He would have been a little kid thinking, that guy's got some nice thick hair. <laughs> Big Jay's peculiar. Um, Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Big Ed's card, 5298. That's old school, dude. 
Yeah, listen, I just want to say how much I love when Michelle is on the show. And I wish we could have a Charlie's Angel-style format where it was Ron, Michelle, BJ, and Shelby. Ron's three girls. You know, I don't want to make Chris feel bad about anything, nor Fez. I feel pretty- These guys have been on their game lately. Since uh, you've been back, which is today. No, we've been trying to do a date Lauren thing, Fez. Oh, how's and, that going? Well, you said yesterday nobody will give you the what? I, I need to get the um, profiles from the guys that submitted applications. Do I haven't they know got, about the profiles? That's my fault. I haven't gotten those yet. Well, you told me yesterday. Now, you told me you were going to get them before Christmas. Yeah, and I've been dropping the ball. No, it's not what you told me yesterday. You said nobody would send them. Well, I, I've asked twice, but I still haven't gotten them yet, but that's my fault. It isn't your fault. You could give it to my load guy. I'll fucking get some profiles together in between loads. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> Seriously. His face. You're fucking... It's like, it's like the Hustler magazine show. You should be in a fucking wheelchair going like this. And I thought that I could get for everybody. I'm with... I'm wearing a diaper as a flag. I'm wearing a diaper. I'm wearing a diaper as a flag. Look at that load. This is a cartoon that we have. Hillary Clinton being bagged with a strap on by the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> that's, that's, their, that's their idea of making it funny. Um, Mike in Ohio, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez, you want a trivia question for you, for wrestling. All right. All right, fill in the blank. Blank Hogan. Dizzy. No, Horace. Horace Hogan. The, um, so here, Hulk wouldn't be right. Okay. Here's Pete. Pete, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, cousin buddies. Much like uh, the Three's Company trivia, guess who doesn't know a goddamn thing about wrestling? Yeah, I remember. Fez said he knew everything about Three's Company, that it was his favorite show, and then you lost. I think I was set up to lose in that. I know everything about Three's Company. When you say set up to lose, you mean from the Lord? <laughs> Born to lose. What was the replacement for Chrissy? What was her cousin's name? Pete. <laughs> well, Petey Joe was the full name, but they called her Pete. <laughs> I didn't know Chrissy was replaced. Uh. Thighmaster? Was that her name? Is she the Thighmaster? She's really tall and leggy, so sure. Um, Dan has a problem with Chris Stanley for some reason. Why? Uh-huh. Who would have a problem with me? Who's fucking with me now? <laughs> Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Well, uh, Chris, yeah. you are constantly proving that alcohol affects the vision because Charlotte McKinney is banging. Way hotter than Kate Upton. No way. No way in hell is she hotter than Kate Upton. She's very attractive. I'm not saying she's not fucking attractive, but she's no way she's she's uh, more attractive. I'm not saying she's not attractive. It'll sound I like put that. her in my beaver hunt, but <laughs> I run. 
that I run every month from my gold wheelchair with the flag wrapped around my cock and ball. <laughs> <laughs> you actually see that movie as a comedy. It's a good one. Did you ever get your screeners? No, and here's what gets to me. This goes to show me why he's been dropped down to a load boy. A, a SAG person was in here yesterday. I and you could have asked for those. Oh. Do you? Yeah. Are you in SAG? Mm-hmm. And you watch these movies or you don't? I do. Let me vote for you. I should be voting you in SAG. Should, honestly, because I'm not, because of uh, many things, I'm not going to see all of them. So if you want to give me your list, I will vote for it. Wait. Oh, God. I hope no one's listening. Yeah. Well, you're joking. <laughs> dump. That was you're silly. You're joking. Such a silly moment. Did you dump out of that, Shelby? Nobody heard that. Oh, this is why we can't have Ms. Load Boy. I don't know if he dumped out of that. He didn't. That's what he's saying. No one could have heard it means I'm making a joke, rather, because I don't know where the button is. I don't know where that button is either. It says dump on it. There's only one button that matters to me at Hustler Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) So does Hustler Magazine also have a store that sells uh, sex toys? Yeah. Because Jill Scott was talking about it, and I was... Very intrigued that they would try to sell to uh, women as well. Yeah, they're all about Hustler. Yeah? Yeah, it's a good company. You like sex toys? No, I'd like talking about them. I don't get the whole premise. I think it's like banging a robot. I think it's robot sex. It's so weird how the fleshlight has become so popular. Is it really? It seems it's advertised everywhere online. I think people use them. I've never used the fucking flashlight. But it, this, it seems to be like the most popular. Like, like there's the dildo. Like just the generic. Say, let's say the dildo, like a generic dildo. And then there's the fucking flashlight. But they're two different things. No, but I'm just saying, like, in, it's like sex. To- in the world of sex toys, oh. it seems like the flight is like the f- flashlight is just it. Have you done a lot of research? And I, I fucking see ads for it constantly in the flashlight. So what's, what's the um, meal or what's the thing before dinner? Brunch. It's an appetizer. I don't trust you, is what I'm saying. He calls them appetizers. <laughs> it's fun. It's like, oh. And then when he drinks champagne, he goes, is there any more shampooch? <laughs> more shampooch, please. You, would you drink an Appletini? I mean, it wouldn't be my first choice, but yes, I would. What about the thing that I went to line up for Fezzado? I go outside because I don't want you to hear it. Okay. I thought this would be a cool thing to do on the air. Maybe we can line it up soon, but because we like to do taste, taste things tests with Fez, but like have cold beverages made hot, like hot lemonade, hot Coca-Cola, and see if he can guess which one is. I don't know why a hot Coca-Cola is never taken off. Would the buzzle, the bubbles go away? I don't know about the buzzle. You know what I mean? Because I'm not a black hip hop guy. Well, I'm you've on the seen buzzle. Me. Where's my bizzle at? Where's my bizzle at? How come it takes you so long to ever stop in here and hang out with us? What happened? Why do you hate us so much? You so busy? No, I'm afraid that I'm I'm going to fail at my other job. Good, fail at, this at that job. job. Well, then you'll be off the TV show. I'm not on the TV show. I told you. 
too short. You should plug your show every once in a while, though. What? what do you do? Are you the executive producer? Oh, God, no. Just uh, the producer, producer. Oh, God, no. Load boy? Yeah, I'm the load boy. Fellow load boy in the house. <laughs> it's, a load, it's, it's a load boy army. <laughs> <laughs> we will load you up. I am on a show called Dirty Sexy Funny with Jenny McCarthy. It's every day from 10 to noon on channel 109. Let's check it off. Is it dirty? Yes. Is it sexy? I assume so. Is it funny? I laugh. You got everything. You got everything on that show. It's true. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. No, we're done. That was cool. That was a joke. It was always safe. I just thought you would like it better as a surprise. It didn't seem like Michelle was too crazy about the idea, though. Hey, well, make mistakes. I'm, no, we're gonna, you know? it's going to happen. We have all the tools. You don't, tools. you don't need me to support it. You've got no, Chris I do. Stanley. I, but, but you're on the streets. I need to know what the buzzle is out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to have the buzzle to keep it 100. <laughs> You like to look at. You're gonna let me know when the popo runs around. Popo you, nine. <laughs> you're gonna yell five zero. Chris, I didn't know we were putting our hats on. I'm yeah. Then. Good. No one notices anyway. Oh. Hey, who am I? Uh, no one. No. You and the bosses are the only ones who noticed. I felt really bad. But then no one even understands when I say that. You feel terrible. Bam! 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 What's that Nick Cage story up on the iBank? He's doing a, a mo- he's gonna be doing a movie with Larry Charles. Larry Charles directed. It's fucking great. Yeah, Borat to direct uh, the Dictator, Bruno, and it's gonna be a, a movie where they're looking for Osama bin Laden. Oh, I don't worry, he's dead at the bottom of the sea. I'm just excited to see uh, Nick, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, it's been a while, and I love him in comedy. I've, well, I've, it's 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 been a long time since Nick Cage has made a comedy for. When is, the last, when is the last comedy on purpose that he made? Would we be going all the way back to Raising Arizona? That's all I can think. And that, why, if he could have just done Raising Arizona his whole career, I would have been fine with it. I him. would have been fine, too. That was my f- f- amazing so movie. Honeymoon in Vegas? Remember, that's not so good. Remember when the Duplass brothers came in and said that movie changed their lives? That's yeah. why they wanted to be directors? Yes. I heard that episode on you with you guys you watch their show uh, i have seen a bit of it it's a little depressing it's kind of uncomfortable and depressing but, but you know my sunday nights are pretty uncomfortable and depressing mm. like shameless is pretty uncomfortable and depressing you gotta go back to here house of uh, lies is Heart uncomfortable lies. um Wait. episodes it's an, it's an uncomfortable we think of comedy as something uncomfortable now right it's, I, I kind of kinda miss. I like. I like silly. Then you would like the McCarthys. <laughs> the McCarthys on CBS. I, th- I think it's CBS. Yeah. Um, Laurie, uh, what's her name? Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. But she, the um, comedy that's both depressing and uncomfortable on. Yeah, HBO uh, or H- something. I can't watch it. Showtime. It's about old people living in oh, a shithole. But Alex Bornstein on it is. Oh, she's she's one of my heroes though. You have odd heroes. You know who my hero is right now? Mm. Iron Man, Batman, <laughs> Hulk, Spider-Man. I like people who can't really save me. Spider-Man, Hulk. That's what a fucking nephew of mine does. And they, they're like, he, he loves the superheroes. And I go, 
he basically talks like a guy who's going to start Hustler Magazine for children. Oh, God. <laughs> Next week, we're going to give a million and a half dollars for anyone who has a picture of Queen Elizabeth's vagina. <laughs> Have you guys seen the McCarthy's? Yeah, is that a I watch it every week. Is it really funny? Funny as shit. My friend Jeff Hiller's on it. He's a tall, lanky guy. I haven't seen the show. I don't know what he does. Does he play it. the gay? He is a gay, so Let's it makes see. sense. Jeff Hiller is. Oh, he's so. Is that him? Oh, he's the friend guy. Funny. He's not the regular guy. Uh, that's too bad. Uh, he should be the regular gay. But he was funny when he was on it. Because he talks like, you know. He's, that used to be Fez's thing on the air, too. Fez always used to do this thing, and it was the funniest shit. When did you drop that one? The Fezzatorial voice. That probably got dropped like 10 years ago. Started but that was to. my favorite thing. You could bring that back like boy bands. People are nostalgic for it. Well, well, well. You guys would love Jeff. Good, I already funny love guy. him. Yeah. From the McCarthy's. But you thought I was talking about Jenny McCarthy, right? Like, uh, for a minute I was like, "Yeah." does she have another show I don't know about? When you uh, talked to the Lucas Brothers, did you use your Fez voice or Todd voice? I it and I was in a panic situation, so I ended up being the Todd voice. That's weird. You in a panic situation? Did you take these pictures of the Lucas Brothers on the table? That's a great shot you have. Fez. So fucking wow, good. You're good. Like this is their house. Where is this? It's a pretty big table. Look at those books. Yeah. So many books. Is it a library? That's Where Fez's you house. There's all, every book there Fez has read. What? Well, are they We're on all presidents? Some I've Everyone. written. Whoa. In. He's written, written in a book. in the books. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's defacing property. God, you had so much stuff for Rain Wilson to sign yesterday. Yeah, it, it was, it ended up, I didn't think I had that much, and well, then I looked at the pile. Yeah. It got, yeah, it looked like I was bringing him like a stack of Christmas gifts to sign. Did you? Is it true what? that you are not a fan of the the, the Christmas gifts? <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't know what happens in Fez's family. <laughs> always sign my Christmas gifts. It's always on Christmas. Can we could get you to sign these Christmas gifts, please. <laughs> oh, maybe he just gives out checks. Oh, I guess I'm giving out of some beaver shots right now. <laughs> Oh, like Chris Stanley from Hustler Magazine. <laughs> Someone help my wife in the tub. What were you going to say, Michelle, before well, we got I, weird? I, Chris Stanley, are you also an only British Office fan? I like the first two and a half seasons of the American Office, and then it, it fucking went, enraged me. But what about the British Office? Like, the British Office is amazing. It's great. Here, yes. Here's the deal. Yeah, I watched the British Office... And then refused to watch The American Office for at least three years. Me too. Until it came on like 7 o'clock at night. And then I caught a couple and I went, okay, this is cute in a different way. But The British Office I thought was just fucking brilliant. I, I, I can't get over. I think it's one of the best comedies that uh, Arrested Development. Those two are, I think, the funniest shows that TV shows. Um, Larry Sanders' show is oh, very, Larry very Sanders. high on my list. Yeah. But the British office came at a, during a winter, I caught it, and I don't know why I was watching BBC America, but it, it, it hit me at a thing where, like a kid, I'd be like, don't forget, coming up this week is the, you know what I mean? Like I had something to look forward to, like a child again. Oh, I know why. It was, we were in DC, and you just started having troubles. 
Oh, and I don't know. The whole thing is like you were saying, I got to get back to New York. And I'm like, I'm trying to get you back to New York. But it was like this real weird time because I wasn't used to Fez being sick. Right. You yeah. know? So I was like, fuck, what it am I going to do? Yeah, it was an escape. It was an escape. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't doing drugs or drinking anymore. Yeah. And so I just had a show. I'm like, this is going to be my show. Now, normally, I do. I watch a lot of shows the first time at 7 o'clock at night. Right now, I'm into Modern Family for the first time. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll catch some where the kids are really big. This is, this huh. is the difference in it. I still haven't seen an episode of it. You don't have what? to. It wouldn't fit you. No? Yeah. It's not your kind of comedy. You don't like physical comedy at all? Nothing's blowing up, Chris. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, I do like that. I like when shit fucking blows up. I know you do. I like Ed O'Neill, though, also, so I'm conflicted. Like, will I like it? I like Ed O'Neill better on this than on Married yes. with Children. Yes. For whatever reason, Married with Children was on constantly in my house, like constantly. Because it was your life? What the fuck's that supposed to mean? I don't mean? know. Yeah, good. But First of all, fits. never sit and say to my guests, what the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> this is why you don't do interviews, and Fez got the big Lucas Brothers interview. On a table. And Slade. On a, were you on the table too, Fez, or just them? No, I let them do the table work. Oh. Is that like a gay Slide thing? Slide of hand? <laughs> All right, give me some table work. <laughs> and then two thumbs in my bread basket. <laughs> so you were going to say something, Michelle, before fucking Gruffy, McGruff dog fucking went I crazy. I don't know. He shot me down so much that I forgot, and I'm You watched Black Mirror? Did you jump into that? I watched the first episode and the, the pig fucking... Um, and I, um... I watch anything that they'll fuck a pig in. Well, and there's such a plethora, so... Mm -hmm. what What a fun thing for you. I, um... I, I didn't like it. There. Oh! Yes. I know, I know you guys are all, blah, 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 the best show ever. But, um... That sounds just like us. I really feel <laughs> mocked now. My husband loves it. Good. So if you'd like to call him and... I also don't watch Breaking Bad. And it's the same thing. You're gonna jump. Why don't you jump into the Better Call Saul? I might. Maybe yeah, that's, what, that's because a good start I, it's for you. got um, uh, my uh, Mr. Mr. Show. Show. Mr. Yeah. Show's gonna be there. Yeah, that's gonna be good. Your two favorite shows are Mr. Show and Mr. Plow. <laughs> uh, Mr. Plow, and that's the game. The only thing I want to plow is an always girl. It's American Treasure. Coming up in a little bit, uh, one of the funniest uh, and most unique comics, Trevor Noah, is going to be here. But don't act like we don't know because, you know, Gary wants to surprise. Okay. Big surprise? Yeah. Huge. Giant surprise. His, his best friend was here the other day, Nick Kroll. Yeah, and he didn't come in for it. No one, you guys won't. Who's Bobby? I, don't know, I think I was uh, uh, Kelly. Oh, okay. So it had nothing to do nothing with our show. With, no, nothing at all. It was just still up there from previous. Yeah, previously. Previously in the studio. Where's that uh, advice show music? It's so good. Because you hate it though, right? Yeah. I'm oh, but the a... music's really good. Can we? Can we get... The advice show. The advice show. Fez, this is what you ought to do. Join Tinder. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever gotten from a guest? 
Uh, boy, I can't even think. What's now. any advice that you ever got from a guest or a caller that you followed? Oh, there's nothing I followed because I'm still a mess. But you never even attempted any of them? Now, I mean, I know there was some books that I tried to crack open and read and wasn't able to stick with it just from the whole reading standpoint. He's got to be dyslexic and he doesn't know it. You know, I do books on tape. I could read you. I would I would do this. I would read a book for you and you could listen to it. The Advice Show. Do you do you do children's books on tapes? Yes. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. an adult's gonna no, listen to you. Nobody's willing to listen to my voice if you're an adult. I do books on tape. <laughs> she soon found his giant member sloshed in her wet, delicate place. <laughs> he should have done uh, Fifty Shades. I, I have a fear that no one outside this room finds the Larry Flint fucking great. <laughs> even slightly funny. But you are not a barometer. Like, I look over to Fez and I see Fez looking like a little nervous from it. Like, Ron talks that way now. <laughs> this might be Ron. <laughs> um, yesterday, for the folks at home who want to know how weird it is working here, I'm going to leave... And I bump into Al Pacino and the halls. And this kind of thing does not happen anywhere. I mean, Al Pacino doesn't do The Tonight Show, really. No, nothing. nothing. Yeah, he shows up for nothing. And Barry Levinston? Like- well, Barry's done our show before. He's brilliant. Oh, he's so great. But seeing Al Pacino, yeah. that's like seeing like some spotted owl in the... Pacino. Yeah, that people wait. I mean, I've lived in New York... For 15 years, and we're always like, uh, did you see Al Pacino? Nope. I saw him. <laughs> did you see Al Pacino? But when we worked at NEW, we became friends with a guy, and he works for a major band right now, and I've known him for these 15 years, and used to work for Al Pacino, and claims that they would listen to us when we did the night show. And Holy I'm like, shit. yeah, when we first got here, and I've never got confirmation but we still know the guy, and he's brought... I'll just write down the band that he's with now, that he works for. And there's nothing about him that ever uh, feels bullshit. But I, that was always the strangest thing to me. That's who he works for, so you know he's legit. Or To quit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> <laughs> but sing, so Spencer is there yesterday, so Spencer's like... Oh, God, I worked on this for three months. I go, congratulations. I go, I'm blown away. I can't believe this. He goes, I don't think this could ever be topped. And I go, Jack Nicholson. And I just see him. <laughs> like, he was like both angry and pushing away. Like, I can't. I'm too tired right now. But see, Jack is another one of those guys. An elusive. That never does things like this. Did you guys read the article? Uh, oh, shit. The, um, oh, come on. The uh, first Batman. Adam uh, West. <laughs> the next, West. The the Clooney. the movie. Clooney. The first no. Michael Keaton. Keaton on Birdman. The, uh, the Birdman um, article of the what the guy had to jump through to get uh, an art an interview with Michael Keaton. It's I think Variety. It is the one of the best. I I fell in love with. Oh, I want to read. It. It's so. Oh, it was so good, and it just made me love him so much. Keaton just, or the Keaton, guy. Keaton. Um, he's crazy 
in in his little Montana home. Well, that uh, hotel that he met, mm-hmm. met for the interview is one of my favorite places in the world. You've been? I don't want to talk about it, but they have the Sam Peckinpah suite. Now, can you imagine? And that's because Peckinpah used to stay there all the time. It's in Livingston, right, uh, Montana. But can you imagine, like, out there, and, like, Letterman has a ranch near there and a bunch of, so there's, like, you're away from everything, and yet you can go to this place and party and eat great food. It's the uh, Murray Hotel is the name of it. And they actually have one of those things where if you get on an elevator, a guy has to, like, drive the elevator for you. Oh, that's old school. They had one of those in New York when I first came here, a place that I would stay at. And it's all modernized now. But there would be, like, a little seat, and a man would sit there, and you would have to tell him where you were going. And you ride up, and it just felt like, what is this, 1930? Were there Elkhorns everywhere throughout? Yeah, it's very Western. I used to nanny um, for a, a couple who lived in a building that had that little guy in it, in the elevator. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And it was always kind of creepy. Yeah, it is. It's the strangest thing in the world. I'm like, what's that dude do? It's like that guy and like bathroom attendants. Always... Bathroom attendants piss me off. I like them. I never have money. I like to have somebody in there just to talk to. Oh, you're I'm... taking a big dump? Yeah, well, I'm washing my hands, and I'm like this. Oh, really? Is that butterscotch? Yeah, but put it in my mouth. I just pissed. <laughs> Fez, on the other hand, despises them. Yeah, I. well, it's somebody who's waiting for you to finish peeing, and when you're piss shy, it just does not work. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Now, I was at this place. I don't really like to... I haven't told this story in many years, but I'm going to tell it to you, Michelle, because you didn't know me then. So we're out. As, uh, Jeremy Coleman had taken us to this thing. We had a big ratings thing where we hit number one. And uh, he takes us out. Fez ate a 64-ounce steak. He got on the wall. And so I'm down in the fucking bathroom. And I'm washing my hands. And there's a black guy in there. And he's, like, wearing this, like, uh, uh, red suit. I wipe my hands. Reach in the pocket. I give him, give him two bucks. And he goes like this. I don't work here. And I go like this. I know. I give everybody two bucks. That's my thing. They call me Ronnie Two Bucks. Take the two bucks, my friend. Tell everybody about it. And I just fucking walk out of there. I know you don't work here. I give everybody two bucks. That's my thing. Ronnie Two Bucks. Take your two bucks. The only two bucks I want to give is to a barely legal teen after I mount her. <laughs> I don't think it plays outside this world. I don't think it plays. I don't, I don't care. Not. I don't because care. not everybody is as sleazy as you. <laughs> then why am I laughing? Because you laugh like a child when you see adults laughing. You're like, we're laughing. We're it's laughing. It's fun now. It's all fun. <laughs> Um, here's Mike in Boston. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, cousins. Hey, cuz. Yeah, my wife and I just went to a hotel, the uh, Mount Washington in uh, New Hampshire for skiing. Okay, so I go and um, <laughs> and we actually stopped going in the elevator with the guy because it was so awkward. We would go around around behind him and go in the regular elevator. It was just too weird. Why? Because you just felt like it was. I was like, yeah, do I have to tip this guy every time or like yeah, give him I'm a few only bucks. going two floors? Give yeah, him two, two bucks. bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your two bucks, pal. Yep. Was it haunted? 
Did he go? Was the hotel haunted? Hi, was it haunted? The hotel? Um, yeah, actually, they say that it is. Yeah. But well, no, I'm not saying they. You? Did you? No, see no I didn't see anything. No. Not go away. Yeah. Um. All right. This says the laws of physics cease to exist on the Ron and Fez show. So Shelby screws up and his boss does his job. <laughs> that forces his boss's boss to do his boss's work. I think it's the only workplace or place at all where shit actually does roll uphill. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> does seem crazy. That, that's really laid out there. And... Um, There's no one to help with that. No. You don't think it's kind of your fault for not teaching them to load properly? You felt like you did everything you could. I felt like I did everything I could. But then there was just the complete breakdown of loading. On. Over and over and over. Yeah, like oh, seven, even after we said, this has got to stop. Exactly, yeah. So that, like even like after, like, all right, there was a big fuck up. Well, this can't happen again. And then, then something, in my opinion, even worse happened. Right. And yeah, so. we're petrified to take a day off and have a best of because anything could be fucking put on there. Well, I loaded the uh, this past Monday's best of, so don't worry, everybody. Is that why I didn't get complaints? Like, why is the itchy and scratchy show on in your place? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Lodi's on it. Load boy. I'll tell you about an itch I had one time after being with a Vietnamese whore. <laughs> uh, Kevin, you're on the Run Fed show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, you're worried about the Larry Slip not working out here in the, the real world. Yeah. It works. Go on the wall with it, sir. I'm dying. All right, I may yeah. even stop myself. You know, I won't even be myself. <laughs> it's hilarious. I get it. See you, boys. You know, do you guys ever bring uh, any guests on your show? Sure. You like women? We do. We had that Jackie Cashian on the other day that is so funny. That would be perfect for you guys. All right. Someone is just uh, writing to me that they... Uh, Love her for being on the show. There's some people that just walk in and do radio. You know what I mean, Fez? Mm-hmm. They just come in here and they're just like as comfortable as could be. Coming up, and we hope it works. And we're not allowed to say who it is, but it's Trevor Noah is going to be jumping around with Jeffrey Gurian. But okay. we're not talking. We don't know that. Well, he is like he's kind of European and South African at the same time. So you come here from South Africa. Uh. And be able to do comedy in this country and then have John Stewart put you on a show. It's pretty crazy. Chris, in the meantime, is yeah. born blocks away from John Stewart's show is shot. Yeah. Can't even get tickets to go in there. I, I would like to just watch, you know, live. They yeah. won't let you in? No. 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 I mean, I, you know, it makes sense. If you're interested in watching live <laughs> in the same neighborhood as the Hustler Club. <laughs> have you ever gone in that place? I've never gone in. I've always seen the ads, but yeah. never been inside. I went inside and... Um, I started crying after a while. I mean, some of the shit that I saw. <laughs> that bad. Well, they had the napalm girl from Vietnam oh, run down the hall. No, no. And she was, I mean, she wasn't on fire, but it was still stuck to her. And she was burning and screaming. It's kind of impressive they got her, but it's also kind of a terrible. Thing. Well, she's least... 60 now. Oh. That's the weird thing. <laughs> and she was young and it still burns. Sure. Can't forget that. It's napalm. Napalm sticks to kids. What movie? I'll give you another hit. Love is up where we Officer belong. and gentlemen. There you go. You're the winner. Because oh. this is why I'm bringing Samwell in tomorrow. 
<laughs> that has nothing to do with wrestling. Okay, book it Samuel. doesn't. Okay, go around and book Samuel. Where's the procedure? Well, I might be too, too busy loading things. All right, if you're going to do that for him, then change the name on the Lucas Brothers article to your name. Okay. No, that's Got my it. byline. I'll take a byline. Mm. Who was it oh, who said that they did not like the box trolls? Reese, who uh, call the guy who called in, love him, but but uh, he does not. Gee, baby, yes, he did not like the box trolls, and I'm going to tell everybody it's a great movie. All right, you're going up against G Baby because I I, I don't. wish you would have told me earlier. I got a hold of him. He's in Sundance right now. What? By the way, Barry Crimmins' um, movie is out there based on his life, and it uh, seems to be a lot of heat attached to it. Of course, Bobcat shot it. Barry Crimmins, great comedian, started the whole Boston scene, and a survivor. Mm. So I can't wait, but they're all out there now. Uh, G-Baby's out there and said his big problem is carrying groceries back through the snow. And that's what I wrote to him. Well, I had the R site right. My movies, my problems, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the 90s. <laughs> There's nothing better than slang that doesn't work anymore. That's my favorite kind of slang. My favorite kind of slang is when it's rolling out of an Indonesian hooker. <laughs> I thought you said slime. <laughs> Why don't we break here? We come back. We'll jump around. Act surprised when it's going to be uh, Trevor Noah. It's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy. That's Jeffrey Guardian's theme song, isn't it? It seems to be. Jeffrey, with all your um, sparkly, (laughs) sparkly uh, clothes today. Yeah, I wore a sparkly scarf in honor of my guest. He's a sparkly guest. But see, here's the thing. If something happens and we get hunted, what if the Nazis are chasing us, you are going to gleam in the moonlight. Well, that's why I wear other scarves. Oh, I see. It's a three-scarf day. Smart. You know that. Well... Uh, who do you have with you chances. today? I'm going to let you guess. I'm mm-hmm. going to make you believe. Uh, you make believe that you don't see who it is, but okay. I'm going to let you guess. Okay. An international comedy star. Okay. Uh, new correspondent on the Daily Show, and the only big star that ever apologized to me for laughing too loud during my act. <laughs> <laughs> who said he ruined my taste? So that means kindness. kindness. That's kindness. kindness. Very kind. Very kind well, you, person. You have one more thing. The guy everybody's talking about these everybody's days. Everybody's talking about Trevor Noah. Hello, everybody. Amazing. Great, Trevor Noah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think it's one of the most interesting things to be able to make people laugh in another country. You know what I mean? It's a tough thing to pull off. It, it is actually a very yeah. tough thing. To it's a tough thing to pull off anywhere, to be honest. Uh, Take it a laugh anywhere. It, anywhere. it genuinely is. Like, <laughs> I always say I hate the fact that comedy is the thing I know because I would have chosen accounting, to be honest. Why did you choose? I didn't choose comedy. If I could, chose, if I could have chosen something, I would it, have been a Comedy a chose singer. you. <laughs> but yes. it is true. Like You don't think that uh, like an accountant's not going to wake up in the morning and go, 
do I still have it? Am exactly. I still <laughs> having it? I think it's because it's such a mystery of where humor comes from. I don't know whether it can be built. You know what I mean? I think that you're born with a certain amount of humor, and you could scrape away what doesn't work for you. Yep. But I don't, you know, I know they have those comedy schools. Yeah. I don't know whether you could take someone who is very logical and methodical and then turn them into a funny person. Well, also translating from one country to another. What's funny in one country may not be funny in another. Yeah, which well, is something it, always fascinated me. You know, what it, you know what it is? Is It's one of the biggest things I had to learn when I first started doing comedy in America was just like how perspective changes. I remember when I first came out here, I had to realize it was so strange to see how sensitive and rightly so, let's say, New Yorkers were about anything 9-11 related. Yeah. But then, for instance, if you were in Erie, Pennsylvania, it was just this distant thought to them. You know, right. you, you know what I mean? And so you, when you when you go to each place, you start to realize that that just the same topic you have to approach in a very different way. And it's no different to the same way you would tell your mama's story or your grandmother versus your best friend. You'll right. tell the same story, but you'll tackle it in a very different way because you know that you're dealing with a different person. You know? I, I think that's incredibly fascinating and probably easier somewhat for an outsider to pick up on because you bring none of our prejudice to Erie, Pennsylvania. or <laughs> North, You know what I mean? Like We would go, exactly. well, that's how they are. Mm -hmm. But when you have that perspective to go, I'm going to discover who these people are. It's the, it's the thing that we, it's the strangest thing about thinking that you know anything. As soon as that happens, you stop learning about it. Yes. You know? And it's great that you use the word discover, because that's really what you're doing when you go on stage in different places. You're discovering what appeals to different people. Definitely. And what they right. respond to. It's, it's, a, it's always a test. It's, it's, the, it's the craziest. I always say comedy is genuinely the craziest thing, because you can, there's no, you know, like with a song. Once a song is a hit, it's a mm -hmm. hit. When you perform that song, nobody's going to boo Bruce Springsteen when yeah. he gets on stage. They're going, oh, God, that, that song's not the same anymore. It's the same. You know yeah. it. But comedy is its the strangest monster where you'll get on stage with a bit that you think you have worked everything out of. you like, this is the best joke ever. And on the wrong night with the wrong audience in the wrong place it will all go down the tubes and you, you you just walk away going, I don't know what happened. Isn't that amazing? And com comedians have to learn to deal with that. Yeah. You just have to have to know like it worked 10 nights. It's got to be funny. It's the energy in the room. Yeah. You, you have, you just right. have to find it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's always it's, about it's, time and place. It's a horrible mm -hmm. experience. Everything about that is time and place. And I think it's always strange when you go back and see something from years ago and you would think, Oh, I thought that was so much funnier. And even in your mind, sometimes you thought, I thought the audience was rolling and screaming, but it was just doing okay. Well, sometimes it also has to do with the audio. The audience can be rolling and screaming, <laughs> right. and you didn't get a good tape. And, and, you, and, no, but, but and the laughing doesn't sound that Jeffrey, good. blame the tape. Yeah, but the I mean, tape. even something, like, yeah. something that you yeah. saw on TV, like it's Kinnison or Murphy, you remember it differently than if you go back and watch it. And I've tried to play some things for like my kids before, from from when I was younger. Some of the stuff holds up. It has a shelf life. Some of the stuff I'll, I'll find myself saying, well, you don't understand. No one said that before. You know what I mean? Like, they will never... It would be, It was impossible them to be as shocked by Sam Kinison as I was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because since that, everybody's been able to walk up that place that Kinison explored first. Well, it's basically you know? it's basically the evolution of porn. That's what it is. Right. Like you if you, if you want to look at the barriers, I always say 
porn, the, the same way they lead the trends when it comes to digital media, they lead the trends when it comes to what our baseline is for what we think acceptable or crude is. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was a time when porn was just a woman in her underwear. You're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And then I remember yeah. the first time I saw a nipple in a porn. I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing That's ever. Crazy. And then now, if it doesn't include 10 guys on the top of a skyscraper, yeah. it's like, yeah, and this with is a camel. Yeah. This is, this is vanilla. Yeah. This is vanilla. Right. right. You know? And the difference it's desensitized is. Desensitized people. You know, Chris Stanley yeah. is younger, but he was, uh, he doesn't understand the backstory oh, in a porn. porn? Oh. When we grew up, <laughs> there had to be a reason for the woman to be there, what? the man to be there. <laughs> just, now with porn, you just. Usually a delivery of some kind. Already, yeah, yeah, the delivery or... (laughs) Just show up to the mansion. Yeah, there would be some reason that these people, and it would take a lot of talking, like, I think these two are going to have sex. But now it starts with people actually naked and having sex at the beginning. It's just compilations of coming. Fluid shooting everywhere. That's it. And that's that's, that's the same. So if you look at that, if you look at the evolution of porn, you can can directly see the evolution of comedy. It's it's what was acceptable at a time, and then what is acceptable now. Now, to shock people now, you really have to... You have to be, you know, what we would consider extreme now. Whereas right. back in the day, you listen to that stuff. You listen to all the greats from way back, and you're like, "Wow, this was this was edgy. This was considered." Well, like yeah. Lenny Bruce, he wouldn't be considered. He would be considered probably mild today, and yet he'd still be considered good. Not oh, absolutely. all those guys. Yes, yeah. There's a lot of guys that couldn't make a living today mm-hmm. if you if you took them out of their time. But I but I think Lenny would still be able to work but i i i think that there's also something else that's very different that a a comedian now is willing to express anything that they've done they sacrifice their entire life where lenny stayed cool you know what i mean uh, eddie murphy was cool richard pryor was cool kinnison was cool george carlin was cool mm-hmm. but now they can't wait to say Oh, I jerked off. It's a therapy therapy session. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. Well, that's what it is. It's a therapy session where they're just unloading their darkest, deepest thoughts that usually you would never say to another person. And they give each other the courage to say it on stage. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. But Mm -hmm. what's what's amazing about comedy, though, is I find from watching my favorite comedians is you watch somebody and then... They will say what what a lot of the time you'll say something that you think only pertains to you, right? And then you'll see people in the audience go, "Oh, that's not just me." Yeah. Oh, right. he, he also he also does that. I thought yeah. it was only guy who jacked off to Martha Stewart. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's things sure. where you'll wow. be shocked at how similar. And I think that's that's the real magic of comedy is trying to find those similarities where nobody knew we were all thinking the same thing. Where you know where somebody says it for the first time, well, somebody yeah. goes, "Wow, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I've been thinking." And shining that's the, the light. That's, that's the, the power light. of sharing. When people share and you identify, Mm -hmm. you realize you're not alone. You're not the only person in the world that's that sick, that there are other people who are just as sick as you are. So we're sharing sickness is what we're doing. (laughs) That's what we're doing. We're sharing sharing our mental illness. Spreading sickness. Sickness and realizing that we're all the same. Uh, Trevor Noah is going to be performing at the Gotham Comedy Club this Friday through Sunday. Go to GothamComedyClub.com for tickets and more information. But also, of course, Trevor being with The Daily Show... And, uh, of course, such a big major show. So many great people came off of that show. And there you are. You have to identify to the American people. Yes. But you, it also, we're looking for the fact of your background as well. We want the fact that you're from South Africa. I, you know what? That's, that, for me, has been the amazing reason. One of the amazing reasons I, I, I was privileged enough to join the show is that mm. John Stewart approached me 
as a stand-up, which I didn't, I, I mean, I never saw him as, I was like, he's John Stewart, and this, you get a random phone call from him, not from an assistant, not yeah. from, mm. from stand-up to stand-up, and he goes, hey, listen, I know you're touring, I know you're traveling, I like your stuff, we've got to find a way for you to work with us. Wow. And that was a year before I, I could get it right. We, we just couldn't work it, and he said, well, I'm not going anywhere, so you'll tell me, and we, we're going to make this thing work. And I was honored. I mean, it's John Stewart. Sure. You know, yeah, what a wonderful. It's not just a funny voice, but a voice that actually says something. Mm -hmm. And then, and th that's, that's literally what we've done. And what's amazing to see is, is how like even the Daily Show has, has expanded. It was a very American show. It is a very American mm -hmm. show. But when I did my first segment, the people in the world, I was, I was in random, I'd be in Dubai and people would be like, hey, Daily Show. And you're just like, really? <laughs> from the computer or? From everywhere. From, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 the world is becoming so much smaller now. Mm -hmm. Social media yeah, is changing. Now people see a cool video, they upload it, they go, oh, look at this thing or listen to what this guy said. Oh, the, the world is changing completely. So what was once a regional thing is now only limited by how many people share it. It's a, it's an amazing thing to see. Which see, is another reason why we have to be so careful what we say these days. Do you find that right. while you're traveling that people are so caught up in political correctness that things that you used to say that were acceptable, sometimes people what are like, What kind of horrible Ooh. things were you saying, Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of misogynistic, things were you saying? What was I saying? No, I see that a lot, though, in clubs. People are like, oh, or boo, and comics are like, fuck you, it's a comedy show. Like, people are needing, are having to explain their lines. You don't I, do I will, objectionable I will, humor. I will say this. I will say this. This is the one, th one thing that has changed comedy. And I, and I heard, for instance, I heard Chris Rock talking about it, where he was saying, if somebody had seen him, or if somebody had recorded him doing, working on that famous niggas versus black people, right. if mm -hmm. someone had recorded that in the early stages, he would have been written off as a comedian. It was, he said it was racist, it was vitriol, it just didn't work. He knew what he was trying to say, right. but he couldn't say it in the right way. And that, I think that's a lot of jokes is that when you, when you're trying to bring it out of your mind, it doesn't really make sense. You, you, you know, and a club is supposed to be that environment, but now, the club is not the club anymore. Now you you say something and then someone was recording it. They put right. it on YouTube. The mm -hmm. next thing you know, you're going, now you're trying to explain. No, sure. what I was saying was, right. yeah, and it context. doesn't work anymore. Yeah, and can you imagine if, I don't know, soccer teams would have to have everything viewed, no matter, the, every practice, every workout, yeah. you yeah. know, um, th that's where we are with it. You have to be able to say, this thing takes a while. I remember when I did that thing at the Friars Club, and there, it was Bill Hicks, mm -hmm. and they showed him on the day that the Waco massacre took place, mm -hmm. and he was so angry. So they took the attitude of, yeah, towards the end, he was angry rather than funny. I'm going, that was the day it happened. Mm -hmm. If you weren't angry that day, you were never going to get to a place yes. Yes. where you could make it funny. You mm -hmm. have to have the initial emotion of this is wrong. Um, but, you know, getting back to Jon Stewart, I think is amazing because people look at him as, as, you know, a very political comedian. But what he has changed in just late night from the way he does his show, where now every show works off of clips. Mm -hmm. Johnny Carson never worked off clips, Letterman, Leno. And now you look around and he was so successful comedically just showing someone out of the news doing something yeah. that every show picked it up. And I think it's so funny that sometimes he gets a lot of credit for political smartness, but they forget show business-wise. Mm -hmm. It's a really smart show. Broadcasting-wise, it's an incredibly well-paced show. It right. really is. It brings in multimedia, which... 
The older guys would have never thought of that. It's never, social media has to do did. with that. Johnny Carson was never going to start doing clips and stuff. It, it didn't even exist in the early days. The internet wasn't happening. Yeah, but a lot now. of those things, I mean, he would just use people from news shows or something off even a pre-internet thing or uh, a pre-internet the way it is now where it's so immediate. Where, so he was just, where he was just taking the stuff that people that were from other shows, yeah. which, which was almost to a certain extent regarded as taboo back then. Back then Absolutely. You, you didn't acknowledge another person show you almost yeah. acted like it didn't exist you're like yeah. this is my show right. but now we live in a yeah because of john stewart's to a large extent it's now going hey do you know what happens on that show this 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 crazy shit happens yeah and then but your viewers don't feel like they need to go there they go well well john will tell us what happened on right. fox news and john will tell us what happened so you become the hub for information you become yeah. and that i think falls into the realm of a brilliant comedian is that you know, when you have a when you have a really brilliant comedian, the top guys, mm-hmm. they're almost your one stop shop. You go, well, well, I mean, if he talks about it, then then it happened. You know, he becomes. That's my, interesting. I never even thought about that, but that is true. He beca- all the greats did it. You know, from yeah. the Bruces to the Hickses to the like all of them. They if they you, they become your source of information and they make it palatable. Mm-hmm. So you go, he's not going to lecture me. He's going to give it to me in a way where I go, oh, okay, okay. If he talked about it, then it then it existed. And as you said, they reference each other. Because because if you're secure, then you're not threatened yes. by another comedian. Yes. If you know that you're good, it's like a beautiful woman who's secure will embrace other beautiful women. Yes. But otherwise, otherwise they're, they're catty and they just hate them because they look good. Yeah. And so a secure comedian will embrace. Well, Other some comedians. of those people don't like their clips being on there. If I was Fox News, you know what I mean? I'd be like, ah, I don't see this as a tribute. Uh, how about you growing up in South Africa? Was the censorship still there at that time? or Luckily, I, yeah. when I was 10 years old, we, we had our first democratic elections. So mm-hmm. I only lived six years into apartheid. So I, I really consider myself very lucky because yeah. I got to see the country change but by the time i was old enough to understand what liberties and freedom were mm-hmm. I w- it would had already happened so i didn't suffer like my parents did you know so so it wasn't a slow change where some people still held on to oh the, no of course i yeah. mean there's people still holding on to it today yeah. but but legally th- that's the big step you know can people do it in the open can people be openly racist right. can people now we don't have censorship if i was a comedian 20 years ago in south africa i would be arrested you know, it doesn't, didn't matter if you were black or white. If you spoke out about the government, if you said anything that made it seem like you were against the man, you were going to jail. It was wow. as simple as that. So I grew up in a world, I didn't know of comedians. I didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't even know there was, a, there was such a thing. Where you, you had no guy. reference. No, I, I genuinely didn't. I didn't have a Lenny Bruce in my world. I didn't have any of these guys saying these things. So... So by the time I got into comedy, it was it was somebody. The first time I saw comedy from America was a friend of mine. Just after I had started, he went, "Hey, do you know Eddie Murphy? He 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 does the thing that you're doing." And I was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy's the Nazi professor." What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Eddie Murphy, the stand." I was like, "I've never. You are lying. Eddie Murphy did not do stand-up comedy." And he was like, and he gave me a VHS and he said, "Watch this." And I was like, wow. And I, I remember I watched Raw for the first time. And I just, I sat there. You know when you reconsider all your options in life and yeah. you go, I need to quit because I don't know how you make people laugh like this. You just, it was just, it was an, it was an out of this world experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and see, that's the thing. Because uh, I had that before with a person that I made the audience really laugh, but not 
smart laugh the way he was and it yes. changed my life and that was bill you know what i mean i was bill hicks, bill hicks no. where you know i went on before him and then he came after and i'm like man I, it's not you know he's thinking about this on a level that i hadn't even considered that you should yeah you know what i mean like i thought just go get laughs yeah isn't this great which most comics do but yeah some people really carry a message yeah, but there's also a thing of, even if it doesn't have to be political or social, there's a way of carrying yourself, I think, and a way through your humor. It may only be on one level, but it could somehow bring people together or at least change their mind a little bit. Like my favorite comics, sometimes I disagree with them 100%. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? But, but it'll you stick. Admire the it'll it'll stick kick around you. and you're like, yeah, I guess I could understand where that came from. You know? And, and you know what? That's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's Sorry to interrupt you, Jeff. That's, know, that's great comedy, I feel. Is yeah. I always say to people, my end goal, my dream is to get to the point where the audience are my friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's what a friendship is. You laugh the most with your friends. I don't care who you yeah. are. Your friend will make you laugh with that gut laughter that, you know, where you're crying and choking. Sure. Yes. Your friend. And you guys will disagree. You, you'll have the biggest fights, but they won't affect your friendship. You will argue yeah. on fundamentals, but it won't affect your friendship. You won't go, he's my funniest friend, but ever since he said that about the Republicans, I'm not with him. Or yeah. I'm, you know? And that's, if you can get to that place with an audience where there's a level of honesty in the friendship, like people can, your audience can say, no, we don't agree with you, but it's still funny. Right. Or we agree with you 100%. And you find most of the time the reason you'll be together is because in most issues you agree. That's what, that's what makes friends. We share more similarities there yeah. than anything. But you have those things that you disagree on. And that, that for me is great comedy. You yeah. Know, where the audience is not, they're not sheepdogs. They with you and they're challenging you as an audience. You know, they yeah. go, they're, they're challenging you to sometimes go. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, guys. Let me rethink that. Let me approach it from a different angle. Well, and, I think when you when you yeah. enter that place too, when you try to figure out um, why someone else thinks that way, like what point did you get? Even if it's racist, sexist, homophobic, you're like, okay. Instead of me judging you and calling you names, let's go back. Let's recreate the crime scene. <laughs> yes. uh -huh. uh, here's the information you were given. So what else happened? You know, because you can normally figure out this is why people feel most of the time it's for some kind of self-preservation, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't think anyone sets out to be wrong. You know what I mean? And no one sees themselves as the bad guy. No. Hitler no. thought... My God, I've done everything I could for everybody, and they still bitch at me. And he had yes. quite an act. Yeah. He had quite well, a, He worked on that act for a while. You know what the thing about Hitler? You never seen him work in a small room. No. It was always, always the big biggest. Sta stadiums. Yeah, he drew big, yeah. very few comics. But I would love to just see Hitler in front of a, a, a brick wall with like 30 <laughs> people. A small bar, it. a bar show. Like, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see Hitler in front of a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. I'm not like, doing stand-up. Yeah. Why are you yeah. screaming? Exactly. Take it down a little bit but but that's you know you you're able to start and put that stuff together no and what you were saying is so true because that's how comedy changes people's thinking but it's got to be observational comedy which is very different and also you have to have the time on stage like when you're headlining and you get an hour yes Mm. To pontificate. To oh, definitely. Def That's how you sway people. In a ten-minute set, it's very hard to do that. I that was the one of the hardest, the hardest things I had to learn was was the what is the what is your intention when you when you're on stage and your intention a lot of the time is limited by the time that mm -hmm. you have. So I had to learn 
that I couldn't in a 10 minute spot. My job wasn't to change anybody's mind. My mm. job wasn't to, you know, have some amazing little discovery. Revelation. Were, yeah, yeah, it wasn't about that. In that 10 minute spot, if there's seven comedians and we've all got 10 minutes, my job is to make you laugh. Mm. I want you to have a great time. This is a comedy show and we're all just going to have a great time together. When you come to my show, I want to make you laugh, but also let's share something between mm -hmm. the two of us. Mm. It's a, you know, like a, those little spots, I almost feel like they're, they're like a, they're like a sampler. They, you know, you, you go yeah, to like Pinkberry, a little taste, they yeah, a little, a little taste, taste of the flavor. <laughs> right, yeah. They just give you tastes of the flavors. Like taste of, spoon. They don't put all the toppings in. They don't go, this is, they go, no, that's, that's for the full show. For now, just right. taste what, what salted caramel is like, and then you'll, you'll decide whether or not you come back. How long have you been doing comedy before you got to that point, before that realization hit you? Was wow, it a while? This was, was, was almost too long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. It was too long. I think it was, it was maybe only two years ago in New York when I learned. Yeah. I, I literally went from doing a one-man show at, um, I was at the Bleecker Street Theater, mm -hmm. and I was out there for about two months running a show. And and it was going well. I was, I was having a good time. And then on one night, I left and I went to the comedy cellar to do a spot. Mm -hmm. And I thought, let me use the same bit. I'm trying to work this. And I went with the same. And the audience literally looked at me like, like I'd walked into. <laughs> it's like I'd walked into somebody else's family dinner <laughs> on Thanksgiving and just walked in and then like started a speech like out of nowhere. I just walked into somebody's living room and I went. And that's why I believe that gay people fundamentally and people are just like, who the hell are you and why are you here on Thanksgiving? That's that's literally what it felt like. And then I had to learn that okay. There's certain things you can say, going back to friendship, yeah. that you can say because people know you now. Right. Yeah, they have to they trust know why first, you're yeah. saying it and where you're coming from. And that's, that's a very important thing that you, it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a relationship. It's when yeah. it grows, you now open yourself up to more things. It's like when you're dating, like the creepiest shit that you really want to do, you can't say to the girl when you first <laughs> yes. meet her. But then when you guys are deep in, then you go, yeah. well, actually, being peed on doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> yeah, like, <right>. you know? <laughs> but you know? of all rooms, the comedy cell, that's a hard room to crack anyway. Yes, it really is. It, it really comes is. with a long history, and it's, very, it's a very hard room to just break into. It genu you know, genuinely yeah. is. I've, I've been told that, and I've, I've been very lucky in that that's one club that's, that really welcomed me when I got here. Are you saying from an audience point of view too, Jeffrey? Or from just an audience the, point the of view club? of what they expect yeah. and the people who perform there, who, who basically live there, all the big stars, they love that room well, it, and you it's know, got a cachet yeah. to it. Oh, yeah, if you're a regular there and you show up and you're used to uh, oh, here comes Jim Norton. Here's Louis C.K. Here's yes. David Tell. And, you and then when you're like, wait, you who, there's a new guy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's, an <laughs> it's almost offensive to the audience. Yes. Like, who's this new guy who thinks he can perform at the right. cellar? But What's he going to do? But funny you know? enough, I find the regulars are better. Where, where you really feel the pressure at the cellar is on the big nights, the Fridays, the Saturdays. The oh, because yeah. then that's when a lot of foreigners have come in, like like people from Australia, yeah. people from South everywhere Africa. in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> from South Africa. People <laughs> have come from all over the world to this world famous, you know, you know, like every club has its time. Sure. And right now is the seller's time. Mm -hmm. And people come from everywhere and they go, we've heard of this place. We, we heard that Dave Chappelle might pop up. We've heard that Chris Rock might pop up. We've right. heard that anybody might. So the whole time you, you can feel that anticipation when the, when the, when the host goes, this next act, 
you've seen on and you feel everyone like is it him is it him is it, it's literally like a like you, you feel like you're one of a like a scratch card you like one of those lottery scratch cards and all you're trying to do is be the scratch card that gives them like twenty dollars so that they go okay i'm not that disappointed but i was really here for the jackpot you yeah. just you know what i mean and it's like you don't want to have to apologize yes, when you got on yes, stage yes. i'm sorry it's me yes you know? i'm i'm very sorry that i'm not who you were waiting for and and then sometimes you have to work harder because of that because they go Okay, well, well, uh, with one more act, and then maybe he comes, and mm. one more act, and then maybe he comes, and you and you have to fight through that. So those nights I find are harder, but they can be the most rewarding because then an audience member goes, "Now I see why he's on the stage." So you're gonna you're, the goal is to balance your stand up with the Daily Show. The, well, I think I found the balance already, yeah. which is great. I uh, like I have no fixed schedule. Mm-hmm. I you know I'm, I'm lucky enough I travel the world so. So if I'm if I'm in town, then we do something. If there's something that we really feel would be great to do, I'll fly in and I'll do it. But you know, I still live in South Africa. Um, New York is my comedy home. I come here and do shows, and I have a good time. But I could be doing tours in the Middle East. I could be touring the UK. I could be I could be anywhere. Which is really, mm. as any comedian knows, as any performer knows, the, the greatest thing to have is the ability to work when you want to work mm-hmm. and to work where you want to work. Like nobody. That should take that for granted. So I don't. Do you have to change your act much depending on what part of the world you're in? Like if you're in the Middle East or. You know, know what's funny is I've learned it's not material, but rhythm that changes everywhere you go. Really? It's not. It's, it's really not material. It, I used to think it was the actual material that changes, but it's not. It's just how you. Like New York has a rhythm. Mm-hmm. If you go to New York clubs, like they'll be like the hipsters have a rhythm, for instance. So if you go to like a lot of the, the Williamsburg clubs or those rooms, there's a very distinct rhythm to the way they tell their jokes. Uh, if you go to like a, let's say a Caroline's or one of the more flashy places, they've got a, a, a definite rhythm. Everywhere you go in the world, there's a rhythm. The UK has a very dry, very, very, you know, it, it's, it's the rhythm more than the jokes. People think it's material, but it's just how you say So the you thing. adapt a little bit to each place or you realize it'll take them longer to catch up with you? No, I, I don't, I adapt in terms of how I tell you the same thing. I yeah. don't change my point of view. I don't change my opinion. Mm. You know, you but, change your delivery. Yeah, I just—it's just—it's such a small, slight thing that 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 you don't realize you're you're doing, and 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 if you if you're cognizant of it, it changes everything. Well, it's, you, bri- it's brilliant because it's the way to connect. You have to mirror. You're basically mirroring back the people that you're with first, yes. and if and, and at a certain point, then it also builds that trust and you could take them to other places oh well what what happens is you hope in time you get to a place where your audience becomes just that your audience right and then that's when you end up with the likes of like when chris rock is doing a show very few people are there going who is this chris rock yeah (laughs) what is this chris rock thing you speak of you know what i mean people know why they're there Mm-hmm. People know why they're going to Louis C.K.'s show. No one's going to go there and go, oh, my word, did he talk about jacking or what? What is this? Right. People know why they're there. That, that's your audience. But until you get to that point, it's referrals. Uh, my sister, said, yeah. someone sent me a clip. I watched five minutes of you on YouTube, so I thought I'd give you a chance. And I didn't know you have these views. I didn't. So until you get to that point, what you're trying to do is find your audience. You're a traveling salesman trying to get everyone. You're peddling your wares slowly till you get to the point where you're now a brand name that the way people go, no, I only buy Trevor Noah comedy. That's that's almost what you want. Are you uh, musical in your background at all? 
Do you have any music? No, but I, 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 well, I used to DJ, so I guess technically. The reason I ask is because comedy, in a sense, is like music. Yeah. There's a rhythm to yeah, it. There's definitely. A, that, there's a pattern, and you have to pick up on that. And just because you said that, it made me think that people who are musical can hear the difference yeah. in different countries. The way you imitate accents, you imitate so many accents. Yeah, that all comes, it literally all comes from music. It did all, you have that it, ability as a kid to imitate accents? I did. Accents? I did. I grew yeah. up in a, in a, such a mixed, I had to learn how to, so for instance, if I speak, this is how I normally speak. Mm -hmm. If I speak like this to, let's say, my uncle or my grandmother on, like, so on the African side of the family, yeah. people just look at me like I'm, like I'm speaking another language. Really? Because my English, same thing on my dad's side of the family, which is Swiss, they'll just go, what, what are you saying? <laughs> so you have to, you've got like these weird little accents that you have mm. to put on so people understand you. And, and then you, you, you just find in time that every, every accent, you just, you pick it up and you keep it and you pick it up and you keep it and you know. So. I think it's amazing too that because of that unique background, it helps you bring a unique voice to comedy. Mm -hmm. Whether you want, whether you set out to do that or not. That's true. Just having both of those things there means I'm coming at a direction. That no one else has, has come because nobody else has, it, right, it, exactly. it would be tough to bring that to America if you were African or if you were Swiss. Yes. It's difficult for either one of those people to translate. But the fact since you grew up not translating just language, but emotion, tone, viewpoint, yeah. you know, you learn that. Probably at the same time you were learning to tie your shoes. That's you, yeah. you know, you learned how to be with people. And that's that's really unique and really different. Well, he validates the concept of comedy as a healing force, of bringing people together. He sees both sides of it. And that makes it especially valid when mm -hmm. he does what he does. You know, you can talk about things that other comics can probably approach, but you talk about it as an expert because you came from that place. Oh, I've always enjoyed that. I've always loved the, like, I, I, you know what I've always said to people is if you, let's say you, you disagree with somebody, it's so much easier to just write the person off, swear at them and walk away. Right. But if you engage somebody, it's just, you know, if you, if you, if you engage, there's just like a, a magical, a small little thing that happens where, where you, somebody goes, instead of going, you're a racist pig, talking to the person you go now why, why did you use that word why did mm -hmm. you like i remember i was in lexington kentucky and i met this um i met this girl who i found out afterwards was a stripper but um she was a wonderful girl she was at a comedy show and she was she was just having so much fun and she came up after the show and she was like she's like oh honey she's like you were by far the funniest and handsomest nigger i'd ever seen <laughs> and now i wasn't offended because i'm not even lying in her eyes i saw no malicious intent this girl wasn't trying to hurt me she right. was she thought she was giving me the best compliment and the comedians who were with me they were american they were like whoa, whoa you can't say that hey hey you can't say that right. and she was like what i can't say he's the funniest and they're like no you can't say the n-word <laughs> yeah and she's like i can't say nigger well, what do i say do i say jigaboo do i say <laughs> And now they're getting shot, and I'm laughing my head because I'm I've never heard the word jigaboo before. Yeah. So I'm just like, what is this? This is the most fascinating. This is the cutest racist word I've ever heard in my life. I'm I'm in a totally different world, and and because of that, I engaged her in a different way. We we sat for hours talking about what world she came from, how she would she would tell me she's like, but that's how people talk out here, and this is how my family talks, and this is how she's like. I didn't mm. even know, and she asked me genuinely. She's like, she's like, does it hurt you when I say nigger? Does it hurt you? And I was like, well, it doesn't hurt me, but it hurts many people when you say that. And she's like, it's like, but, but people say it, and I, I listen to rap music. They say it all the time. It don't, it don't hurt nobody there. And you're trying to explain why. And 
but it was so fascinating that if yeah, I if I dismissed her, yeah. if she came up and said that, and I said, "Get away, you racist bitch," yeah. she would have never changed. I would have never learned anything, you know. And now we both tackle it from the same point of view. Now you go. She has a little bit of insight, and I I do as well into her world. Sure, but you know what? You have to have enough intelligence to have that conversation. You once asked me something. There was some cab driver driving around with a swastika on his arm. Mm-hmm. And I was incensed by that. And you said, what if you sat down and talked to a guy like that? And I said, you can do that with certain people. But by the time a guy is wearing a symbol of hate on his arm, but do you it's remember, very, very difficult but to talk to But do you remember that he like was that. a black guy? That was a black guy with a swastika, with a swastika on his arm. Swastika. So the yeah. madness factor <laughs> that he's promoting well, something that would have been but against now, him. But now, been here's, killed, here's the but, irony. But he's not smart. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, though, mm-hmm. because... I don't know if you saw that story in, um, like, because you know, because you know that obviously, I'm sure you know the history of the swastika. Where in, like, for instance, in Indian culture, it meant something totally, something in fact, totally different. Long yeah. before Hitler, people were using the swastika. But I think it was turned a different way. No, 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 it had no, a different they, angle. No, no, the exactly exact, the same. The exact the swastika yeah. was yeah. used, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think it predates. It comes from like it was first used in Egypt somewhere. In fact, yeah. it was Egypt, Egyptian symbols. Mm-hmm. So Hitler, look, Hitler stole a lot of things and just used them. You know, you know. I mean, the moustache was Chaplin. He was. Yeah. He was. <laughs> Inspired by that, yeah. he now, was after cool. He yeah, was looking he, for he something was. that the young people would say that looks badass. And so, what's funny is, like you, you, you might find that guy as crazy as it sounds in your world, because we always work under the assumption that everybody knows what we know. Mm-hmm. You will be so shocked when you find that that guy from whatever country, because a lot of the cab drivers in New York are not from America, whatever country he's in, you find he has a totally different story of why he got that and what it means. Sure. And, and then you see it and you go, oh, swastika, Nazi, you Nazi black man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, but it would be different. It would be like driving through Harlem yelling out the N-word and thinking that nothing would happen to you. No, but you see, he It's such an insult. He was driving with it. Yeah, but if you think about it, visibly. he wasn't yelling it out. I hear what you're saying, no. but he wasn't yelling it out. It was, it's, it, it's, it's, it's different to that because when, if you're driving through Harlem yelling out the N-word, you are... You are doing it in a malicious way. Well, what if you're just holding a sign that has the N-word on it? You're not yelling but now anything. But the question is, why are holding the sign? Well, why was he wearing a swastika? Well, he wasn't he wearing, wanted you to... it was a tattoo. No, no, it was an armband. It was an armband. An armband, and, and, his, and the riders in his cab were very offended by it, and he wound up getting arrested because you're not supposed to put hate symbols out oh, to the definitely, public. Definitely, I agree with that. But yeah. in, did anybody so, ask him why? I'd love, like, did I don't anybody think he was arrested. You're allowed to have a swastika in this country. Yeah, he was stopped yeah, by the will, police for some yeah, reason. Yeah, but the police will actually line up and let you express yourself in this country. We don't want to have a, a country that lines up people because we don't like their symbols because that was what Germany did. No, but know? I think there is some rule about not putting out hate that that you're not allowed to uh, the KKK can walk down the street and if the they police, get a permit for their for yeah, they can't and just the police that. will they back have, them up like, like, yeah. if they get a permit yeah. so they have so to apply my problem first. was he did not have a permit for the swastika there's no visible permit for the swastika that's really you were judging Jeffrey earlier the audience on political correctness and there's your line everybody has like you can look at them because they don't want to hear the word pussy or cunt or whatever but yours like way Wait, Nazism that has to be stopped now. Yeah, here's something that'll, that that well, may, there, that I don't. There are certain things where there are not two sides to the story. I don't see the good part of Nazism. I don't they, see. I don't think anyone could present here's, here's that a to cra- me. Here's a yeah. crazy yeah. story. Uh, are, are you Jewish? By yeah, the way, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's a this this I like this blue. Uh, I was chatting to a, one of the writers at the Daily Show. The random conversation that came up, but I was telling him about my friend Hitler, right? And 
So I have a friend back home in South Africa. His name is Hitler. And his first name is Hitler? Yes, his first name really? is Hitler. Now, immediately when I said this to him, the first thing he said was, why would you name your child Hitler? <laughs> like, what kind of sick parent are you? And I was like, I've met Hitler's mom. She's just a normal, chilled out black woman <laughs> who, like, she grew up in a township in South Africa. She was just like, yeah, I'm going to call my kid Hitler. And then I, so then I thought maybe, maybe this was a, like a, a once or so. I asked friends of mine back home. I was like, hey, do you guys know anybody named Hitler? Some friends were like, no. One of my friends was like, yeah, I've got an uncle named Hitler. Like, it's just, and I was like, why did he have that name? Why did they choose Hitler? And she's like, because during World War II, this guy was kicking our asses. South Africa was also fighting. Black and white people were being sent into the war. Hitler was, was, was winning everything. It was whipping ass. And then when kids were being born, some people were just like, yeah, like Hitler. He was just the, the, the guy who was winning the thing at the time. You must understand, the details of Nazism weren't filtering through to South Africa or Africa, for that matter. We just knew it was a war. Right. We didn't know what – we didn't get to watch the videos. Like, we didn't get the, 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 the pamphlets. We didn't know what Nazism was. All we knew was there's a war. People are fighting. We're fighting against them, and that's it. And but let's name we, our children but the what, guy no. who's beating us. Yeah, right? but, but now think of it like, you yeah. see, as much as you think that's crazy, yeah. how many people name their children Henry after King Henry, who mm -hmm. was chopping off people's heads? You look at the Belgian king, uh, Leopold, who literally beheaded millions of people in the Congo. He was, he was millions of people he killed, and people still call their children Leopold. Mm. It's just that... In, if in certain places and, and because of your personal experiences and what you're exposed to, some people don't have the full story. Some people don't have the full experience. Well, Leopold doesn't carry the weight of the name Hitler or Henry. And I understand the in example world, that you were yes, doing. Yes, in but, your world, well, he doesn't. In your world, does it? No, I will tell you, you now. If you think of Africa, the name Leopold, let me tell you something. In, in yeah. Africa, yeah. Hitler is not the worst guy you can bring up. That's, that's true. In Africa, Hitler is not like he is. <laughs> there's many guys where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they are much worse than. I'm sure, I'm sure in parts of Russia, Stalin holds more weight than Hitler does. Mm. Yeah, right. okay, but they're on a par. They've all killed millions of people. Yeah, but there's yeah, many. There's, but there's, there's guys that have killed millions of people. In, the in point Africa, is that the British killed millions of people. So you've got to understand, like, think of it like this. The concentration camps were invented by the British. There were concentration camps in Africa before Hitler had concentration camps. So in an African's world, Hitler's a bad guy. But he's not the worst guy. Sure. You well, know what I'm saying? There are people in this country who lost their children because they named them those names. Do you know that story? Do you remember but that? But you know why? There, there are, like, I, I think they called their son Adolf Hitler and they're, they named all their kids after Nazis and the children were taken away from the parents. But the you remember that? that what, but no. what the reason no. for that was? What? Because working under the logic of America, they were going, living in America as a person of a, like just living in america with everything in your schools you should you know what you would you knew what you were doing there i promise you now hitler's mom i've met her she has not exhibited oh, any yeah. signs of nazism <laughs> to me your hitler's mom is yeah, yeah my hitler of course oh, my hitler's mom but i'm saying i've met yeah. my my friend hitler i've met yeah. his mom and and no i don't even think she knows who hitler is probably not and as long as he you. stayed in south africa you probably have no trouble if you were traveling around the states and introducing it yourself to tough. people it would be a weird kind it's, of it's thing the same to do. way you're when not i was get a lot of girls yeah when i was in when name. i was in uh, scotland i met a guy who he came to one of my shows uh, a muslim guy from the uk 
And he was talking about how he hates America. And I was like, why do you hate America? He's like, oh, because they, they don't want to give me a visa to come to their country. And I was like, why? Yeah. I was like, you know, and I was like, is it because because they're racially profiling? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's not cool. America needs to be more inclusive. And we had this long discussion where we both agreed on everything. And I said, you know what? It's not cool that America does this just because somebody's Muslim or they Arab and they look a certain way. Why would you do this? And I said, it was great talking to you. And he said, yeah, yeah, really nice talking to you. I said, oh, I didn't get your name. And he said, my name's Jihad. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Osama. No, no, no. Yeah, He's like, my, same, my name's Jihad. And I said, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, Jihad, like, like Jihad, Jihad. And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, spelled like Jihad, Jihad. And he said, yeah. And I literally went, well, everything I said, I now have to take back because you have, you have to forgive somebody working in an office in America who gets a visa application from somebody named Jihad, which in their minds is literally what they're fighting against. Right. And now you, now, like, I was like, look at it logically. Imagine if you're that person in that office who then goes, hey, man, I'm not going to stereotype and I'm not going to discriminate against somebody just because they are called Holy war, which is what people are fighting against us right now. I'm not going to restrict them from. Imagine if you're that guy, and then God forbid, jihad comes to America, does something That's bad. Something, right? When they come to you in an interview and go, "How on earth did you not see this yeah. happen?" It's coming, right? yeah. yeah, and you go, yeah. "Well, how was I supposed to know that a guy named Nazi Jew killer would kill Jews?" Yeah, right, right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. His name was murderous swine. Exactly, and that's the crazy world. Yeah. That we, and I had to explain to this guy, and he was he was still angry, but I was like, "Dude, I'm not even American, but I'm going. I don't know. I've met you now, and I see that you're a cool person, but." You're a p on a piece of paper. Your name yeah, right. symbolizes it's a little off-putting, right? Exactly, <laughs> because in America, jihad has a very negative connotation. In the Middle East and, and to most Muslims, jihad really means the daily struggle. That's what it means. It right. really means your struggle that you face by yourself with your religion and and just trying to be a better person. But now, because of Islamic terrorism, jihad in America is not a nice thing. No. So if yeah. you walked around in America going, "My name is jihad," people yeah. go, "Why on earth would your parents name you?" Jihad. Right. Just dealing with exactly. the jihad. The damn jihad. That's me, man. Jihad race. Trevor, no, what a, a great experience to get to, to meet you, man. Thank you Congratulations. so much, Congratulations. Uh, the Gotham Comedy Club, Friday through Sunday. Well, only, only Sunday Late Show has tickets. Sorry to interrupt okay. you, but there's no, there's everything sold. Uh, of course it is. great, so... We uh, added one last show Sunday night late show if anyone fantastic. wants to join. Sunday what time? Sunday 10 p.m. That's the only show available. Cool. And of course, one of the uh, reasons that the uh, Daily Show has been so successful and so cutting edge is they know how to go out and find the good guys. And uh, looking forward to more stuff with you Thank on you the Daily much. Show. Thank you for Trev a great chat. Trevor, no, I'll see you next time coming through, buddy.
with Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. You know you're the man. SiriusXM.com slash on demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash on demand.